Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode is called Nintendo Starts Taking Shape or something like that. It's I don't called know, I don't know what Jason. Year, right, what's it's it called, called Jason? the Year Takes Shape. Oh, and you know, that's a lot better. You know, yeah. you, you, it, it's on your outline. It's not actually it's on actually your outline. Not, no. It's not. Oh, I can't fault you. But yeah, this show, it's funny because like, the reason we're calling it the Year Takes Shape is um, we've had this weird sort of back and forth going on with Nintendo lately. Not intentional, but like, so last episode, for those who listened, were our predictions for 2016. Then literally the day after we posted that episode, Nintendo started announcing official details for what they're doing in 2016, and now here we are in our next episode, talking about what they announced for 2016. So we're calling it the year takes shape, as uh, we're also sharing impressions of Box Boy, uh, shape pun, and uh, Picto Party for for the Wii Wii show. draw shapes. We draw shapes. So yeah, that's all coming, later up in the sh- uh, coming up later in the show, but lots of news we're covering are things like Pokemon's 20th anniversary, the RPG-heavy 3DS lineup that's now taking over the first half of 2016, and uh, what's next for Amiibo, along with things like some absurd NX rumors, December NPD numbers. There's a lot. So for those who don't know, we do have timestamps at ramtown.com for every news story and every game. So you can jump there, or go there, and then use that to jump to which parts you want to hear, or just listen to the whole thing. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, and what we should probably start with, is that uh, Nintendo announced that 2016 is going to be... Pokemon the year insanity. Of the pocket it's the year of the pocket monsters. It's the 20th anniversary of Pokemon, and it's going to be big. And when I say big, I mean like Super Bowl big. I never thought I'd see the day, but uh, last episode we were saying that Nintendo really got to do some sort of insane marketing for Pokemon if they want to have that kind of, you know, bring back lapsed fans. And they're doing it. They're spending $5 million on a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl. Hmm, what better way than get, like... I don't know, hundreds of thousands of eyes on your product? Try millions upon hundreds of millions of eyes. There it's you the go. single biggest broadcast event on television. Well, then that makes so much sense. Like, it does. Like, it does. What, what better way to like pump up Pokemon like that? Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's not even the ad. All Nintendo's saying is it's going to be for Pokemon as a thing. And it's going to have the slogan of train. It's going to play up the slogan of train on, which is the official 20th anniversary slogan, and do something encouraging fans to train on. What that means, we don't really know. Officially, that's all we know. But it's kind of crazy to see a Nintendo... I, I never thought I'd see a conservative company like Nintendo do a Super Bowl ad, let alone... And I mean, Grant is Pokemon company, but that's a subsidiary. But let alone see a single Nintendo property get an ad. I figured if it would be an ad, it'd be for an entire line of, like, the Wii or something. But nope. Just Pokemon. So, um, my guess... I mean, what do you think it'll be? They say it for Pokemon as a whole. My guess is it's probably gonna be Pokemon Go. The only focus. thing that I feel makes sense. I mean... Yeah. It's... I mean, it's an iOS, Android... Is it for Windows Phone also? Mm-mm. It's an iOS, Android game. Nothing's so, for Windows Phone. <laughs> so, I mean, like, everyone... I mean, you, you, everyone has yeah, access. Yeah, yeah, you can say everyone has access to it. So, I mean, if you want anything to be, like, I don't know spoken about it has to be that the thing that's most successful yeah because yeah, like, there's like, only so far you can you're go. gonna get so many people like that will hear about it that probably don't even care about pokemon that will just download it just to download it just yeah it's probably gonna be yeah i know i have coworkers that i like mentioned this and come out and they're like wait how's it work and i explain like oh i download that and see how it works and they don't even care whatsoever. Yeah, exactly so it, it, it makes perfect sense it, it does i mean does. for it to be i mean who knows but i don't know yeah, I mean, maybe they could throw in little references. Like, they could show people playing on Nintendo devices as well. But, yeah, Go I'd be has surprised to be if it was for the the remake of the old games. No, oh, the virtual console ones? That What's weird is, like, people on I Twitter... I think I could see that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah. I don't know, that's the best 
thing they should use the no five yeah, million dollars yeah. in thirty seconds for no because people on Twitter were saying stuff like oh this to get you know uh, Pokemon Z confirmed they're going to announce in the, they in the commercial no they are no. not no one cares like it's got it's got to be something this is their Star Wars yeah like, yeah like not even like people that well only the like the hardcore would get Pokemon Z at this point like but even you, if it's you just because I mean like I mean look at you yeah. like you you got um. Pokemon X and Y because that was the beginning of a new generation. Right, but I never get the third version. Yeah, exactly. Did you get Ruby or Sapphire? Auras? No. See, exactly, because... Yeah. No, that That's actually the first Pokemon generation so completely I feel like casual people, casual fans will just get the first one of every new generation. Even the then, I don't think that's big enough to do a Super Bowl ad for. No, no, that's, like, no, hey, no, that's Pokemon like, Flower Petal version or whatever they're calling it. Well, that's like, even then. That yeah. won't do it because, like you said, you, you need something that people... that has mass, mass, mass appeal. Mm-hmm. So I think the commercial is going to be, like, the original 150 Pokemon are going to be the main Pokemon in it. You won't see, like, maybe yeah. a Chikorita, but you're not going to see, like, some crazy 7th gen Pokemon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Chandelure is not going to be in there. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> like, not gonna, the ice cream guy is not going to be in there. I mean, yeah, even new generations have a hard enough time getting, I don't know, yeah. I guess, like, other new fans to get in because, I don't know, a lot of yeah, people it's don't want to get, yeah, they don't like the new Pokemon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's that second go, but it's their Star Wars moment. Yeah. This commercial is the way you hook in lapsed fans... You get people talking about it. You get people who... Because everyone that grew up with Pokemon 20 years, they're adults. They have kids. This is like... Much like Episode 7 kind of rebooted Star Wars. Not like Pokemon needs a reboot, but Star Wars didn't really either, and yet here we are. So it's got it's to be big, whatever it is. I mean, yeah. It doesn't need a reboot, but... Yeah. It, it definitely needs A something. mass market. I mean, I guess like... In, because in they wanted to... I don't know. I guess they want to make it big again. Like, it does need something else. Because like the game... I mean... It, it has gone only so far. Like I yeah. feel like it's kind of reaching its plateau unless you go beyond just a 3ds. And there will always be the hardcore fans, and there will always oh, be yeah, the yeah. kids that grow that get you know. Cause so it's they have the market down, yeah. So they have that, but you, that's a red ocean now. Yeah. They need to go back to the new blue ocean, which is the relapsed fans, the casuals, kind of like what they're doing with their IPs in general, actually. Yeah. But uh, of course, that's not saying Nintendo doesn't want people to buy their own hardware and software to play these on. It's just I think this commercial. Yeah, I mean, it has to only... be something to bring people back. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of hardware and software, yeah, whatever um, they do, it can only help any of their other. Exactly, it, it builds awareness. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of, um, to coincide with the, the Super Bowl, is kind of like the the kickoff. No pun intended. Football pun. Uh, it's kind of like the kickoff of all of the Pokemon anniversary festivities. Because then, literally, exactly twenty days later, is Pokemon Day on February 27th, and that's the day that we're going to get... Um, self-proclaimed Pokemon Day? Self-proclaimed or has Pokemon it been... This no, the president did not sign an order that says... No, 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 I mean, like, it's... Oh, that's what they're calling it. Because this is the me. first year I've heard of this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, they could make... Any... They're doing it just this year for the 20th anniversary. Okay. That, right. February 27th, 1996. I was thinking, like, on the, along the lines of, like, May the 4th be with you. Oh, no, 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 not like that. It's just Pokemon Day, because that's the 20th anniversary day. So that's when red, blue, yellow versions come out on Virtual Console... Um, and that's also when we are now know we now know we are getting hardware bundles worldwide for uh, 3ds for Pokemon yeah. that come with the virtual console games. So what we're getting is actually kind of different from Japan, which is surprising. Um, for those who don't I mean, know, it's not that surprising. No, it's it's a a Japan always gets something. Well, different. I, let me rephrase. Like, even today, like they announced. Um, well, no, well, not today, but a few days ago, they announced um, PS4, Street Fighter Five. Mm, I saw that bundles, yeah. and they actually look like oh, there's a really cool real one, there's a good family yeah. one, but the US just gets. Actually, they don't get anything. They just get a regular yeah, black um, PS4 bundled with the game. I should backtrack. When I meant uh, it's surprising Japan gets it, no, it's not. It's surprising Europe and Japan get it, and we don't. But that seems to be the new norm for Nintendo. Like, the normal new 3DS is out in Europe yeah. and Japan, available everywhere. Here, you have to get it in a bundle. Was that red? 
I mean, Brad, was that Charizard 3DS ever in the U.S.? Or was it like a Pokemon Center know. exclusive? Or? I don't know. I've seen it at the Nintendo World Store when it was still open. You mm. know, they're closing to remodel and become yeah. Nintendo New York. But I saw it there in a display case. Mm. I don't know if it was ever available. But uh, what's happening is, for those who don't know, in Europe and Japan, there are two DSs coming out that match the color of each version, come with that version preloaded. Here in the U.S., however, in North America, we're instead getting a regular-sized new 3DS, not the XL, that comes preloaded with both red and blue, which is kind of surprising. And it comes with uh, special 3DS home themes and two faceplates in the box. One which is based on Pokemon Red and has the Charizard art. Another which is based on Pokemon Blue and has the Blastoise art. Both of which have a little Pokemon Toy like anniversary good deal. emblem. It's a good deal, but I... The design... Be, you know, it could have been... Like, so many people that are hardcore Pokemon fans are gonna like it. But it's just like... I think they're kind of missing something here in that um, if their goal, if we go back to the commercial conversation for a sec, if their goal was... It looks like you're holding to, a little billboard of like Pokemon Red or Pokemon Blue. Yeah, exactly. You're holding a giant ad for Pokemon Red Blue. <laughs> for but, people walking by like, oh, Pokemon Blue. Yeah, like if you, and that's kind of my concern because if you go back to what we're saying about the ad and this is the chance to bring in Lapsed Book, to bring in adults who play Pokemon as a kid and want to revisit it and maybe expose their kid to it, how many professional 30-somethings are going to be sitting on an airplane with a new 3DS that has a giant... Charizard in bright red on the back. That looks like you said, like a billboard. Or has a huge turtle with cannons on it. Like, how many guys are gonna be, like, in business class? Like, I have a, I grew up with Pokemon. I love Pokemon. I'm now this established, well-paid well, man. I, I guess and I have a I giant their goal. Blastoise. After this, um, Super Bowl ad of theirs... It's gonna be cool again. Um, they're gonna bring out so much awareness for Pokemon that literally everyone in the United States will know <laughs> and love Pokemon, so when they actually see it, they'll be like, oh, it's Blastoise, not just a turtle with cannon. No, well, oh, even then, but it's just like, why do you have a giant... I mean, it's not like you see... It will, be, it will become the new norm. Like, it will be a renaissance of, like, what is considered childish or... I'm not saying it's childish. Like, someone's listening probably like, but I like the design, and that's great, but you listening who likes the design... Likes Nintendo and is a Pokemon fan, most likely. That's why you're listening to us. We don't have people that care nothing about Nintendo listening to us. But if you're someone who doesn't care about Nintendo, doesn't look things up, doesn't follow the news, sees the Pokemon commercial, goes, oh my god, Pokemon's turning 20, I want to replay the originals, sees the bundle, wants to buy the bundle, you might hesitate if you have a giant piece of Pokemon art plastered on because you want something a little more like, I want to play it, but I don't need to advertise I'm playing it. It's not even like a childish thing, it's more like, why do I need to broadcast out to the world it's like people that buy shirts that have giant logos on. New 3DS um, alternate skins aren't available, right? Like just No, they are. There's about 12 you can get off uh, store.nintendo.com. So that does help. So you have to do it online though, right? Yes, okay. yes. Because the so new 3DS, Nintendo's keeping I feel like up... that's not common knowledge or like... No, it's not really. Yeah. But Nintendo's keeping up um, that web store. But they're also interestingly keeping up this weird habit of... So in Europe and Japan, you can get a new 3DS regular size wherever you want. But in the States, you can only get it through bundles. So, so far, we have Animal Crossing uh, Happy Home Designer bundle, and now we have the Pokemon one. If you want a new 3DS in another way, you're either going XL, you're going 2DS, or you're going old 3DS, which isn't even sold anymore. Hmm. So, it's, yeah, it's, if you, so if you're in a situation where you want the regular size 3DS, but you don't want the faceplate, jumping through the one or two hoops, I guess, is more, yeah, makes more sense. Yeah, you're better off getting it and then getting some faceplates online, but. Yeah, but so it's kind of like. still kind of a bummer, because I mean. I mean, I like that original art, but I kind of just like it on the, the cover of a game. I don't really yeah. want it on the cover of my like, console. Like, I think Europe has some better ones. Europe, in, in Europe, and we have a link. Like, even look at my, like, the 3DS I have. If, um, it's like an etching of Smash, it, not just I mean, like, Smashbox. Like, I like it because it's kind of, it's a little more subtle than the actual art. If it was, if every character was colored in, in their respective colors, and not just kind of grayscaled, I probably wouldn't have gotten it. 
Right. Because it'd be, be too much. It'd be, yeah, it'd be too much. But this way, it just looks nice. It looks... Yeah, I mean, Europe did uh-huh. it better. Like, in Europe, yeah. there are two face plates, and we have links. If anyone hasn't seen these, um, there's a link to all this news about the 3DS bundles um, on the blog post, and we have there's photos at that link. But there's two face plates you can get independently for new 3DS in Europe, one of which is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Art. I know we were talking about this before we recorded, and I was like, it's not Mystery Dungeon Art. It is. It is. You're right. Uh, and the other one is just... Huh. Congrats. And it's just kind of like these random Pokemon scattered about in full color, so it sort of is the same issue, but a little more subdued than just having a giant Blastoise. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I think is kind of cool is also it's like the like designer handbags where they copy-paste the logo in different Which we've gotten a lot grids. of already. Yeah, but this one is all Pokemon sprites. And again, they are fully colored, but they're small, so it just looks like kind of a polka dot pattern, which isn't horrible, you know, which isn't bad at all. Yeah, for some reason, just like looking at like the sprites on the skin. It's just it's kind of cool. Like, it oh, looks cool. It's yeah. Like, it's like, That's all the original. You never really see it. It's just different. It's yeah. Like really yeah. Different. It's really cool. So like, I don't know why Nintendo doesn't at least put those on. Maybe they will, but they're not up at Nintendo's online store or anything. So, I don't know. It just seems like kind of a weird... It seems like Nintendo's doing everything right in terms of getting people back into Pokemon and then they're kind of like zigging when they should be zagging in this case and or zagging when they should be zigging and just like doing the wrong system design for their... Pre- Maybe we're misinterpreting what these systems are for. I assume they were to get people into buy into 3DS, and then once they have a 3DS for Pokemon, like, oh, look at all these other games and all their evergreen titles just keep on selling forever. But... Yeah. Maybe maybe they are just going after the Pokemon fans with this one. Maybe there's some other plan for the other guys somewhere else. But either way, I think the bundle's cool. The fact that you get both games is cool and, and different faceplates instead of just a default one. But I feel like it's kind of a weird... It's not doesn't help as much as it could, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's not all for Pokemon Day, though. So we got the systems, we got the games. They're also going to have retail events at Toys R Us on the 27th, which is a Saturday. You know what's funny? Me and my boss at work were like, oh, we should totally go during lunch because there's a Toys R Us not far from the office. I mean, I guess if I work on Saturdays, but I don't, so that's kind of a hindrance. But yeah, um, if you go... <laughs> on my own free time. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got to... Because I'd be awake anyway because, like, it'd be a work day, but I sleep until noon when I can't... You know, on weekends when I'm lazy, so, like, I'll miss these great bonuses, like a poster of the original 150 Pokemon, an activity book, which I presume is mainly for the kids, and two special Pokemon cards, holographic Pikachu, and I don't know why they're doing this, but it's awesome, Magikarp. Of all Pokemon to pick, they have two 20th anniversary special Pokemon Day cards, and one is Magikarp. I feel like it's, like, sort of trolling people, but sort of not, and I totally want one. <laughs> That's weird. It's super weird, but like, I like it because it's Meowth so Not even Meowth or Jigglypuff? Uh... Nope, Magikarp. I, I don't know why, but I want... And I imagine, they haven't shown the card designs, as far as I know, but I imagine they have this, the cool little 20th anniversary emblem, you know, the Pikachu head made up of other Pokemon. So I'm kind of hoping... That's on there because that'd be a cool collectible to have. But uh, and also speaking of Pokemon cards, for anyone that cares, they're releasing a whole new set of Pokemon cards called Generations. Um, they're gonna be a special 20th anniversary branded double booster packs based on 11 different mythical Pokemon. The Pokemon included are gonna be like they say it's through uh, throughout a, tra- a trainer's journey. So you're gonna get like the super basic Pokemon all the way up to the crazy legendaries and they're kind of cherry pick popular ones. So there's a lot going on. There's also a ton of merchandise. Um, oh, also, before we can get to that, speaking of uh, Mythical and Legendaries, they're doing that thing at GameStop all year, too, for Pokemon fans who don't have Mew, Darkrai, Arceus, or uh, Genesect. They, you can go get those once a quarter, so every three months you go rotate out what you get, and you just go to GameStop and download it. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. And there's a ton of merchandise coming. Um, they are doing a bunch of anniversary stuff. They're re uh, reprinting Amiibo that people may have missed of Pokemon. I don't think they need to reprint Mewtwo based on local stores. There's a lot of him around here, in L.A. at least. Um, 
and all 13 Pokemon movies. I didn't even know there were 13. Apparently there's 15, and two have already been in a wider format. But 13 Pokemon movies have been digitally remastered and re-released on iTunes and Google Play last week in preparation for all this. And of those, um, three are going to be in a Blu-ray steelbook, the first three, the theatrical three. Digitally remastered, 16.9 widescreen. Yeah. That's pretty nice. The cover of that actually looks pretty nice. Yeah, see, that one is super simple and just artwork of Pokemon, yeah. but it makes sense for a Steelbook Blu-ray cover on yeah, like a 3DS. Like, I, I would definitely get that. Well, I am going to get that eventually. I'm just yeah. trying to figure it out. It'll be really cool. I need, to, I need to get um 30 Disney movies first or something like that. Oh, for the Disney program thing? For the points to get the stuff? Yeah. 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 You know what would be, be cool, actually, if they, with with the Pokemon Steelbook Blu-ray, if they put recreations of the cards you got, if you see it, if you saw it, like Electabuzz, Electabuzz, and uh, and Ancient Mew, and all that, and they just instead, so you could tell them apart from the originals, they just stamped the 20th anniversary logo in the yeah. corner. I would that would be super cool because I actually have like three Ancient Mews from Pokemon 2000, the movie. Mm-hmm. Also, the name Pokemon right 2000, the movie is a little bit of a mouthful. Oh yeah, you have an Ancient Mew standing there. Well, it's hanging there, but well, it's yeah, it's it's attached. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, I think they should do that. They're not going to because why bother? People will buy it anyway. It's 20th anniversary branded. But yeah, we're, it's gonna be an onslaught. So I think the take. So you're getting you're getting the Steelbook one day. Yeah, because it's Blu-ray. Then I like those movies. Well, I like part one, part two. I remember just being like okay about it, and I don't really remember. I know I saw part three, but I can't really remember part three. I just remember Ente was all over it. I remember Ente was involved in unknowns, and that's it. yeah, yeah. I don't remember much about it. Pokemon. I think Pokemon two thousand. Might have been my favorite just because I had silver version. I skipped that. I don't know. I, that, you didn't what, see the second one. That's Pokemon Two Thousand. Oh, I, 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 I remember where I saw. It. I definitely didn't see it in theaters. I saw it in theaters. It was kind of like when my, like my Pokemon interest. Um, I don't know. It's weird. It was always kind of there, but like remember, I, I went from blue all the way to that. Oh, end. that's right. You were you had a lull. See my peak yeah, Pokemon I, I, I think days were like gold uh, silver. Yeah, that's when like Ninja Turtles was like in full force, pretty much from, yeah, right. Pokemon Blue to. Oh my god, yeah. 2003 was at its biggest, so... Yeah, it was It was definitely peak Pokemon. I was the... My Pokeholicness... My... My... Pokeholism? Pokeholism was at its absolute worst. I hit rock bottom of Pokeholism at, at around Gold, Silver, into Ruby, Sapphire. And then I started to, you know, bring myself up by my bootstraps and get sober and go to, uh... PA meetings and as Pokemon Anonymous and that sort of thing. Also, Pokemon Anonymous is more commonly known as the Pokemon Train Card Game Week. Which doesn't really help because it just they just encourage it more. But yeah, so um, case in point with all this, the point I'm really trying to make is Pokemon's anniversary is going to be nuts. It's going to be probably the biggest thing we've ever seen Nintendo do for an anniversary for a franchise. Mario's come and gone multiple times with some stuff. Zelda's had some stuff like the Symphony Orchestra. But Pokemon's 20th is going to be insane by comparison because we only know the first part of plans they say more is coming and i imagine that's going to be games at some point i don't know if that's a new version or if it's a z equivalent or what but i don't think they're stopping at pokemon tournament there's definitely in pokemon go there's definitely going to be more i mean what would what what for you what would be like the what would you want to see them do if anything like for me i feel like if they were ever to make the jump into like a 3d mmo pokemon of some sort if they well. ever did that oh but people have wanted forever if they were to ever say yes we're gonna do it it would make sense to do it this year because it's something people have demanded forever 
So it makes sense to tie it in with all the other stuff and then almost be like the relaunch. See, because like I know we've had this conversation before, but like I don't know, I don't know if I'd want like a an open world like Pokemon MMO. Like yeah. a, I'm just not I don't really know if I necessarily want, but I'm just saying if fans I keep demanding like this would be the year they should pull the trigger. Because um, I mean, like yeah, like, like we said before, like everyone plays Pokemon differently, and for me, mm-hmm. it was just about the battle. So, like I True. would like I would want literally like what. There, there are already um, Pokemon battle simulators online that are free. Like you could just, they're not meant to like, I mean they're they're just meant to test out Pokemon strategies and then you build those Pokemon right. into your game. So, like I would like that much better. Like just something on, even if it's on like your phone or whatever. Like I don't know, just pick the Pokemon, pick how you want their EV, their EVs and IVs to be just. Dispersed and then I can see that being an eShop thing they just put out on the phone, yeah, d- just like Pokemon Battle Simulator, like yeah. literally call yeah, it, yeah, just that. literally call it, and then just make it, yeah. So, like, then you're everyone's on equal ground, like, you just yeah. make the team, make your dream team, and then just battle, and then just see yeah, at that and point, they can play up the simulator part, they can make it all like hologram, hologram looking like someone, I know, yeah, but yeah, Pokemon. yeah, like, like, like if you want, yeah, if you want to give people like, like, pretty much give them what they want, but at the same time, be like, all right, we'll give you this, but. We're not going to let you have, like, the nice full-color model that we say for the real games. You're just yeah. going to get, like, ghostly holograms of them. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd be okay with that just because it's official. Like, I'd rather... I always rather play something official. Right, right. But, I mean, that, that's, what, that was, that's what I would want. Yeah, I'm I sure... I mean, Pokemon Tournament's probably the next thing, but that's not really saying much. Cause... And the nice thing about Pokemon Tournament, which is actually a pretty good segue, is um, we have a release date for it. And it's earlier than we... I'm happy to say we're talking... We're going to be... It's coming earlier than we thought it would. Uh, so there's a lot of signs that point to a late May release, including European um, website list, retail listings and stuff. And we speculated. I said repeatedly it's going to come in late May and mimic like Mario Kart and Splatoon. I'm happy to be wrong. It's coming March 18th worldwide. So that's literally like two weeks after Zelda, after Twilight Princess HD. That's really soon. Hmm. So kind of cool. Um, it's going to... Uh, also have some additional Pokemon that they haven't revealed until this point. So to coincide with that announcement over in Japan, they announced that Mewtwo, Garchomp, and Bra- I don't you think I know how to pronounce this? Bra- Bra- Brazen, I guess. Brazen, yeah. Braxian. 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 It's B R A I X E N. I know who it is. I can picture Braxian. it in my head, but I feel like yeah, it must be Braxian. Uh, no, but then no, that then the I would be before the X, unless it was a typo and I wrote it down here because I just jotted it down. Either way, that guy. Mewtwo and Garchomp are confirmed in the game, as is, wait for it, Chandelier. Yes, the Chandelier anthropomorphic thing. It's not anthropomorphic, it, though. It just has eyes. No, it's anthropomorphic. It has little hands on the end. Its arms become its Chandelier. But they don't have, like, fingers. They're still just like how a Chandelier would be built. That's true. Well, okay. Chandelier-esque Pokemon, Chandelier, is going to be in the game. We don't know exactly how it's going to work. A moveset's going to be revealed on January 31st in a new trailer. But I love the fact that the developers at Namco Bandai are just like, not everyone has to be humanoid or have four legs or something. Let's throw a chandelier into battle. Not all the fighters happens. have four legs. No, but I mean like the ones that are humanoid have two. The ones, some have four. Or like the non-humanoid ones are ones with like four and like mm. Garchomp and stuff. But um, yeah, I like that they're doing oh, this. Yeah, it I reminds mean- me a lot of the panda in Tekken. Like, just like, oh, you want this game with humans fighting? Well, here's a panda bear. <laughs> like, it's so like, oh, you want this game with these and fighting a kangaroo and a Yeah, exactly. It's, it's cool. No, I, I like that they're, that they're playing with the expectations. I mean, when it first came out, people were just like, oh, okay, so Hitmonlee, Hitmonlee. Pretty much every fighting type Pokemon. I don't even think all the Hitmons are in there, are they? They're, none of them are in there. Weird. But DLC. Now it's getting to the point where it's like, huh, all the 
give all the giveaways are kind of not really there. Like Machamp is probably the only one. Machamp yeah. and Lucario are probably like one of the only ones that Me people too. are like that are like no brainers. I don't know about Mewtwo. I, I feel like there's like seven different Mewtwo's in this game. I swear, there's <laughs> three. Three, I know. There's not but, even seven that exist. No, but yeah, like still, so it's they're, they're doing it pretty good. I mean, two Pikachu's is kind of weird, but then yeah, they, the but they have, door one's a little. I mean, they have completely different movesets, but yeah, it's still kind of like I want to see more variety. I I want to see more variety before we see like um I don't know costume versions of people. Yeah, I agree, and I think save them for the end. Actually, if he was just like a hidden unlockable, I think that'd be cooler than having announced like announcing him because it just feels. Yeah. Well, keep in mind when they announced him in Japan, the arcade version was already out, and they're like, "Go back to the arcade. Look what you can now play as." <laughs> so it kind of, in that weird backwards way, it kind of makes sense that they announced him early because it's a way to get people to go back, double down on it. But um, yeah, for the retail release, it seems kind of yeah. odd. It's funny, like even though, uh, I mean, like, for a game like this, the number of characters seems fair. I feel like we're spoiled by games like Smash Brothers, Marvel's Cop- Capcom, where you get like fifty plus characters and it's like yeah. only 16 or however many they are I'm hoping they do DLC I mean if they're releasing it in March and it's the Pokemon anniversary year I don't see what's stopping them from doing the Hitmon pack in uh, like May and having I mean, E, Top and I'm, I don't know I, mean, I don't know if it's fair to say but like maybe it takes a lot longer to or it's a lot harder to work on to make individual characters than it was like in a game like Smash Brothers but I mean the camera yeah. is zoomed in much more like there has to be way more detail into them right right I mean, Chan the last Hitmon is Chan. I, per- I didn't remember. Because I was like, Lee Top in the third one when you were starting oh. to say your thing. Chan. Hitmon Chan. For those who don't know, I don't know if anyone in the world doesn't know this, but Hitmon Lee is named after Bruce Lee and Hitmon Chan is named after I think that's Chan. the one thing everybody knows. I would e- hope e- so. Even if they don't know and what Hitmon Pokemon Top is. is named after um, great martial art artist Ken Top, who is not real. He broke the pattern. They should really come up with a third martial art. Oh, they couldn't do Lee again. I was going to say Jet Lee, but that doesn't work. Because they already have Lee. Anyway, sorry, yeah, your point about fighters. Um, sorry, that was a little detour. Yeah, I I, uh, I think you're... I don't know... I mean, it must take more to render, but yeah, I agree that if it's only 16 or 20, it's good. Uh, I'm just little. trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, well, we'll see. But I like I said, I, mean, I, I hope actually, they do DLC. It's not even that much different than um, Street Fighter Five because their roster right now is relatively small compared to... Right. They, they have, like, I don't know, like... Definitely under twenty characters, like when with when the game is released. But mm-hmm. they also already announced, and they also name dropped like six more characters that are going to come throughout mm-hmm. this year. So it is, I guess, it is an unheard of. But then again, Street Fighter Four, pretty much an identical game. Well, yeah, yeah. Lucy said, "Do not take that for word." Um, I'm gonna be writing you an angry tweet at the after the. No, I, I mean it looks almost the same, but mechanically, I'm sure it's way different. Mm-hmm. No, it is. I, all right, anyway, that game <laughs> by the end of but by, by the time like it was Ultra Street Fighter Four, that game also I think had almost fifty characters. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's so weird just to see less than twenty. Well, okay, they are still announcing some, and the game's still six weeks away. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure maybe they'll hit. 20. I mean, the fact that they announced three, they announced three in one day, and then they announced uh, Chandelure like. Th- three days later so nothing they're not really sticking to a schedule or anything I could just out of nowhere announce seven different Pikachu costumes much to our chagrin or something but Are they make Chat out a character actually I think he's already he's a support I think either I'm, I'm trying to remember where I thought Chat either I saw him as a support like a picture or in your dreams no or <laughs> in um badge collector but his badge collector um, I just think we remember because I saw it too and I'm like oh you're gonna be so happy when you see this <laughs> but either way I don't know. Yeah, well, 
I mean, they got Weavos. So concern, yeah, considering they're announcing stuff left and right about the game, I don't think we're done with the characters because they also announced. Hopefully not. Yeah, I mean, they also announced alongside with the characters on the Japanese Pokémon website, they confirmed some modes. So we now know naturally multiplayer is the big one, and we now know that online will have ranks and competitions, which is pretty much par for the course, um, as well as the final confirmation that there is a local battle mode. This was originally leaked by Hori when they announced their third-party Pro Pad controller, that weird-looking one. They were like, yeah, the you just... plain-looking one? Is yeah. there anything like a decal in the middle or something? To like yeah, it might, well, I mean, the Japanese arcade unit doesn't have anything in the middle either, so if they're staying true to that... But yes, I agree, <laughs> you should have a Pokeball or... Let's keep it boring. You know what should have? The 20th anniversary Pikachu emblem. Something. Yeah. Or even just the Pokemon logo, just have a little flag. Yeah, the, something. The red, green, and blue. Yeah, yeah. Um, Italy. <laughs> oh no, that's no, that's red, green, and white. Never mind. Um, but yeah, the um, local battle. What we now know, it is real, and the game's gonna dip to thirty frames per second if you're playing on one Wii U, opposed to sixty like the rest of the game. But here's what's cool: it supports. I think it's the first Wii U game that does this. It supports land multiplayer, so you can hook up two Wii U's locally with an with Ethernet that, cable. Keep it at sixty frames. Per yes, second? it'll keep it at sixty on each, and you each get a full gamepad to use. Yeah, it's also important to note that actually, I don't know if you just said it, but um. When you're playing, the person on the gamepad has their own screen as opposed to two people sharing the right, screen because because right. it's over the shoulder. Yeah, stuff. It's, yeah, it's always over the shoulder. So yeah, wait. But, so the arcade cabinet has two screens then? I guess. Because I mean, or a split screen, but it's a really wide screen. I have no idea. I don't know. I have to. We have. should take a trip to Dave and Buster's. There's like three around LA. We should see if any of them have Pokemon and play it before it comes out. I'm sure, we could call. No, we have to drive. I don't believe in telephone. <laughs> yeah, we could just call. Or just look up online. I'm sure if they're anywhere around here, someone can report it. But, uh, but yeah, so that's what we know for sure is in Pokemon Tournament. Online multiplayer, <laughs> local battle. A big question, though, um, is what single player is going to be like besides that. And we're starting to kind of get a sense of it. So, so far we only know of one mode, appropriately called single battle. It has three difficulties. Um, and that's literally all they've said. But perhaps more intriguing is what they've hinted at. Which, if you go to the Pokemon US website... Um, it has a section called My Town, which is grayed out. Like it's listing, you know, like game or like game modes, online play, My Town. My so town. no one exactly knows what it is, but that of course doesn't stop my imagination from running wild. Realistically, my guess is My Town is gonna be something pretty bland. It's probably where you go for your online sayings. It's probably where you go scan the Dark Mewtwo amiibo that comes with all the first run copies, that sort of thing. But what I'd love to see them do is do some sort of, like, Miiverse integration or something. Like, wouldn't it be cool if they did almost, like, the Dream Homes in Animal Crossing New Leaf or, like, the bases from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, or I guess Auras as well, where, like, maybe you have a way to customize your town with, I don't know, um, trophies from when you win battles in single-player or multiplayer competitions or, like, statues of your most-used Pokemon, Pokemon fighters or, like, things you can unlock as you play single-player and you can display them all in, like, a town square and then someone else can come and walk through your town square and see them, kind of like how the dream homes work. Maybe, like, I don't know, maybe it'd be, like, people you've previously fought or your Miiverse friends, and they can walk in, they can walk up to your trainer who's standing in the center of town, and you can look at the stats, like, in Splatoon, where it, like, pops over their head. Or you can, like, walk around and just see stuff, or and then just leave. Like, it just seems like it'd be a little extra layer that makes it a little more, like, than just... Hopefully, I mean... Yeah, wouldn't that be kind of cool, though? Like, opposed to just, I don't know. Menus. <laughs> yeah. Or even just, like, the one single-player mode of single battle. Because, like, they're taking a game that's made specifically for multiplayer. And they got somehow squeezed in single-player. And even something like this will motivate people to keep playing single-player over and over just to unlock stuff because they want to have, like, 
the chandelier. They want to have chandelier hanging from the center of their town square and lighting it up at night or something. Like I don't, I have no idea, but it seems like something called My Town lends itself to customizing your town or something. I don't know. It's just a clever way to do achievements, basically. Which Nintendo is no stranger to doing weird achievement stuff. They have Miiverse stamps. They have Pirate Warriors, where it like posts that image to Miiverse every time you achieve something. Like they've toyed medals. The medals. They have medals. They have in, even stuff like in Mario and New Super Mario Brothers U when it first came out, where it's like, do you want to post your accomplishment to Miiverse? Like they have all these different ways of trying to get people to sh- like want to earn these achievements and share them, but they don't want to do it Xbox Live or PSN style. This. Feels like it'd be a nice hybrid of that and Animal Crossing, and more Pokemon specific the bases. So, so I'm just saying, uh, Namco Bandai, if you're listening and you can somehow build that entire thing in the next six weeks or probably four weeks before the game goes gold, you should do it. And you don't even need to cry me. I won't. I won't ask. My, I won't ask for anything. So that that's my theory of what it is. But but beyond that, between like the absurd Pokemon they're now being now being added to the game. <laughs> And the single player options actually existing in some form. I'm actually getting pretty excited about Pokémon. When it was first announced, I was like, oh, I guess that looks cool. But like the more I've seen, the more I'm, the more I'm on board. I'm looking forward to March 18th. Do you? You're, are you getting it day one? Most likely. I mean, you're a huge buying game fan. Most likely, yes. I will get it day one. Most likely, it's a safe bet. Yeah, I would count on it. That went from maybe to yes, pretty fast. <laughs> not quite maybe, but like giving yourself an out to not getting yourself an out pretty fast. But, uh, yeah, so Pokemon's one part of um, Nintendo's 2016, but the plans don't stop with just Pokemon. Um, isn't that a nice transition? Separately, Nintendo has confirmed that they are really turning 2016 to, like, the year of the RPG on 3DS. And it all kicked off this weekend, actually, with uh, Mario Luigi Paper Jam that just came out. We'll have our impressions next episode, but it did come out two days before the podcast goes up, so that's out there. But going forward... There's more RPGs. It's like almost exclusively RPGs coming to 3DS between now and summer. So uh, Nintendo announced new stuff. We'll kind of break it down, the d- dates and details of what we can expect. Um, the next big release is Fire Emblem Fates on the 19th of February, which we already knew about. And uh, much like Nintendo did with the last Fire Emblem for 3DS Awakening, they're once again now confirmed and already sold out on pre-order a special edition 3DS day and date with the game. New 3DS? This time it's a new 3DS XL. Yes, not a regular new 3DS. Um, And it's kind of mimics how Fates is split between two different stories. They're like, it's two-tone black and white, and the top is white with some artwork, the bottom is black with some artwork. I have no idea what the inside looks like. I don't even think they've released a photo. I assume it'd be black on the inside. Yeah. But uh, it looks pretty nice. Like, that's the sort of art I would like to see the Pokemon It's better than come with the game. I know, but that's not that surprising. I know, but when I think too bad. I know, and I saw, you know, there were people that were upset about that, and I can understand why, but... When Awakening came out in 2013, 2013, 2013, it also had a special edition 3DS that also did it was not a come regular with, 3DS, though, huh? Right, and it did not come no, with. No, it did. No, it did not come with the game. I'm pretty sure it did. I'm pretty sure it didn't. Hmm. This is not new. Ter- they have done this before where they release it. Yeah, I'm looking it up too. They've done this before where they release. I'll look it up. I already got it. Where they release um, a game without the core or a bundle, a system without the corresponding game. I'm 95% sure it did not come with the game. You're 95% sure? Well, you made me doubt myself, but... Did slightly. the Majora's Mask 3DS come with the game? Uh, no. Oh, there you go, then. Here we go. I found the press release. It was 2013. They actually announced it almost to the day the same as... Oh, no, you're right. The game was included. Wow. Wow, told you. Wow, I should resign from the pocket. Ah, but it was the same price. So for $200, currently... I wasn't... 
You get a new XL. No, I know, but I'm I'm, I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying the way you could look at it in this case for two hundred dollars, you could get the new XL, or for two hundred dollars back in the day, you got a normal XL, which normally retailed for one sixty or one seventy with the game. Yeah, that bundle came out that long ago that it was a regular 3DS. That's crazy. Yeah, but you're right. The Majora's Mask bundle did not include the game. The game. So I guess that worked out well enough for them that they can now just do it again with Fire Emblem. But either way, um, if you're buying Fire Emblem Fates and you don't have a 3DS, it seems like the way to do it if you like if you like the art on 3DS. I wish the Pokemon Special Edition 3DS kind of had this sort of subtle art. Because like, there is stuff in the design, but from far away it just looks like a two-tone thing. Like Pokemon could have easily done that. But um, So as for Fates itself... Nintendo did flesh out a little bit about how the uh, multi-version thing will work. I remember we had Yumi and Elvis last episode, kind of like, wait, where, how's this work? So, what we already know is you can either buy Birthright or Conquest individually for the standard $4 MSRP. Either retail or eShop. Then, once you clear Chapter 6 in each version, you are given the option to go download the other version for $20. So, discounted because you already bought one. Now, Nintendo has said that after you do all that, there will be a third version that comes out March 10th. And that third version will also cost $20. And it will be a pro or an epilogue to the two stories from the individual versions. So, you could end up spending about 80 bucks to get these individual. You buy the one game, you buy the upgrade, you buy the other upgrade. Or, you buy the special edition like I did, and for the same 80 bucks, you get all three on one cartridge, which I assume means the third storyline will actually be available to us special edition owners three weeks before everyone else. Once you, but we would have to beat the game. But yet the third storyline... Or it could just be like any other episodic game that you get physical where you yeah, get well the they game do all, and it's just down. They do say it's all included on one cart... Or they do say it's all well, included, okay. but they I don't mean, say if it's I on mean, Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a cartridge. They could download the memory onto theirs, can't they? But, yeah, they could. Or no, they usually save it to your SD card. But even if they didn't... Or even then just lock it out until it comes out. Yeah, that might be what they do. Um, but yeah, so for the same eight bucks, you get that, and of course, and then get the art book and all that stuff with it. So, I'm just saying, if you know you're gonna play all three, you get the special edition. They also announced um, that they're doing weekly DLC maps starting the week after release. Uh, they did this with Awakens as well back in the day, and Map Pack One, you can do like a season pass, eighteen dollars. So you can get a whole third storyline for twenty bucks, or for two bucks less, get a handful of maps. Seems like the cost... I mean, I, I think the 18 bucks is exactly what they paid for Awakening, or you paid for Awakening, but the cost seems a little... I don't know. It doesn't seem to line up correctly. But that's not the only special edition Nintendo's doing. And they see, I think Xenoblade and Majora's Mask and those are, did well enough that Nintendo's really doubling down. Because now, uh, they also announced that Bravely Second is getting its own special edition as well, and they gave it a date. So, the game's now called, or was called, still is called, Bravely Second End Layer, and now it's coming April 15th, a week before Star Fox for Wii U, and you'll be able to, for $70, get a version of the game that comes with the game, a 10-song soundtrack, and a 250-page book, or 250-page art book. book. Art book, not just book. Uh, but perhaps most intriguing to me, as someone who's not necessarily dead set on getting Bravely Second, is... Edler. Yes. Is the, um, the demo strategy that Square Enix and Nintendo have cooked up. So... I always thought. I mean, did you did you try the original Bravely Default demo? I did, I, I did play the demo. I always thought. That's how I knew I wasn't for me. <laughs> I always thought it was interesting how they did it though, because it was a standalone story with its own items and stuff you can collect, and then if you buy the full game, it would just 
import everything, but it was still its own independent storyline, so you weren't playing anything double. This time they're doing that again. It's a new story called uh, The Ballad of the Three Cavaliers. It has its own unique story. It has its own unique job classes you can assign to your characters. Special areas exclusively for the demo. And here's where it gets crazy. Oh, and you can transfer items to Street Pass. But here's where it gets crazy. The demo is 10 hours long. Jeez. It is a... Or has enough content to play for 10 hours. Jeez. Without, yes. It is... For a game like Bravely Second and how Bravely Default was, which was very long, it kind of makes sense that they make a demo in ratio to that. But 10 hours, that's a whole game for free. It's like the free-to-start concept on steroids. It's crazy. Wow, that's... Yeah. I actually think we're like going to... setting a new standard it, for demo. It really is. And I think we're going to start seeing Nintendo do this a lot more, this free-to-start stuff, because... Um, I don't know, did you get that email from Nintendo, like, a... I want to say it was like a week ago, maybe, where it was like, um, I think it was titled, like the subject line was, try some fun for free or something like that. Did you ever see that email? Basically, they sent an email out, and they've never promoted stuff like this before, where it's like, hey, check out all these games they can download and start playing right now. And it was like Badge Arcade and uh, Pokemon Picross and Pokemon Shuffle. And it's like, also, look at these demos of these other great games. And it was like Triforce Heroes and Yokai Watch and I think Smash Bros. and Monster Hunter. But it was all just like, this, this email was literally like, don't give us money yet. Just play this stuff and see if you like it. They don't usually... This is the same company that in the Wii and early DS days hated demos and refused to do demos. So it's weird that we're seeing this complete flip. And then on top of that, they're also advertising their free-to-play stuff more aggressively on Nintendo.com as well. They have like a top five free things on... Top, top five free downloads for 3DS or something like that as like one of the main feature news stories on Nintendo's website, Nintendo.com right now. Just kind of like... I get the feeling we're going to start seeing them do more of this. Like, I think Bravely Seconds, like, one extreme, but it, this is going to become par for the course on Nintendo's free stuff. Because if their whole strategy is expanding IPs and branching out their IPs again, where people interested, the best way to get them interested is to mimic a formula that already got people hooked on things, which is free-to-play on smartphones. I We're not going to get into that purchase. Nintendo said they aren't going to do that in an aggressive way, but... Download for free, see if you like it, get you hooked on the play mechanics. Oh yeah, now give us 40 bucks. Oh, okay. So, it's. I think it's going to happen. I think this 2016 is going to be the year we see that not everyone's going to fall for that, but enough of a percentage will download it, play it inside, buy the whole thing, that it's probably going to become pretty standard for Nintendo. Yeah. That's my thought, at least. Um, RPGs don't stop there, though. Dragon Quest Seven is also coming to 3DS this summer. Uh, it's going to be completely revamped. Um, it's got new writing, removal of random encounters for battles. You're not going to see them on the map, Tales of Symphony, or Tales series style. And then after that, Dragon Quest Eight will come out sometime thereafter. But the real reason I'm bringing these two up is because I kind of want to make a point that, like, there are a lot of RPGs on 3DS this year. Like, if you don't like RPGs, you kind of shouldn't be owning a 3DS this year or care about the 3DS How many are you getting? I'm getting two. I'm going to be getting Fire Emblem Fates, uh -huh. and I'm going to be getting Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and we're talking about the next episode. Bravely Default, or Bravely Second, I will try the demo and see. Dragon Quest I've never been into, but maybe if things are slow, maybe I'll jump into it. But Oh, and of course the Pokemon Virtual Console games. I'm going to get red again. So, yeah, I'm going to have a lot. But, like, if you're an RPG fan, 2016's your year for sure. Like, how many are you getting? Because you're not the biggest RPG no. guy, but you like some, exactly. So like, what are you only doing? Be only because Paper Jam, because Elvis got Paper Jam, yeah. and I'm definitely gonna play that. I mean, I, I have no reason not to. But but you've never been big on Fire Emblem. You don't care about Brave. You said earlier you don't like the Bravelys. Um yeah, just not my cup of tea. Right. Um, what else is there? 
Well, there, uh, there's Fire Emblem, Bravely, Second, the two Dragon Quests. Mm. Um, hold on. I'm not... Yeah, I know enough about those Dragon Quests yeah. in particular to know they're also not... There's really also, fun. if you look at third party, there's also Final Fantasy Explorers coming out this week on yeah, the 26th, right? Wait for Monster Hunter There's Project X, X Zone 2 coming out on it's February 16th. <laughs> like, it's like, if you like RPGs, this is your rocks. Yeah. yeah, but if, you, if you're not big on RPGs, there is not a ton for free. There's only... I mean, I do love RPGs, just not those in particular. Yeah. Because, I mean... If there was a Tales game in there, like I'd be on that in a heartbeat. But right, yeah, I we mean, haven't gotten one since uh, Abyss. Just on PS. I mean, on, on, on yeah, Nintendo. On Nintendo yeah. yeah, but I guess if you don't like RPGs at all, there's still Hyrule Warriors Legends on March twenty fifth. I know, and and especially now, like I saw that all the, the stuff th- is in the Wii U version. I, 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 well, not only that, but I saw the screenshot that just shows like what the three DS, the regular three DS is capable of versus oh, the, the video? new three DS. Video, yeah, and it's like. Dude, the frame rate The is, number of enemies like they can't even be produced is like ridiculous. The that video, which for those who haven't seen it, is literally a side by side comparison of playing through the first level on a new three D S with enhanced frame rate and on a and full processing power in the old three D S with none of those things. Um yeah, it's it runs at like half the frame rate. It's missing like a quarter to a third of the enemies. Yeah. yeah it's pretty not great. So in my particular boat, like I definitely wouldn't get it. Yeah. But, like, I mean, so you're not getting that. And then there's uh, the only other stuff that's really coming out anytime soon for 3DS is Mega Man Legacy Collection in February. Which I'm definitely not getting. Right. And then way down the line, you got Metroid Prime Federation Force and the new Zero Escape, and which you're getting. Two. And Both another Ace Attorney. Definitely and, getting that. Yeah, so, like, there's stuff. There's stuff. There's stuff. But there's if stuff. you're. There is stuff. But if you don't like RPGs, there's not a lot of stuff. Not that much stuff. Not no. that much stuff. No. Not much stuff. No stuff. I feel like I'm sure Nintendo did play a market research that kind of indicates this isn't a big issue to them in terms of their overall sales. That's fine. There's other stuff. There's also but it's just we're also weird. gonna get Super Mutant Muds at some point. Oh, I might get that for the Wii U though. So yeah, well, same difference. Well, I mean, not same difference, but like you're still playing it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about 3DS though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just I don't know. Like the, obviously their development cycle. Maybe a good time to maybe go back and grab um. Putting Steam or something like that. Yeah, there are two games I didn't mention that are still coming to 3DS. I should say we'll talk about that in a sec. They both involve Sega, so they get their own little corner of the podcast. So we'll get to that. But yeah, I feel like, and again, development cycles don't necessarily necessitate for this. But it would have been kind of a, nice if they like put some of these RPGs last year and some of the non-RPGs this year and kind of balance things. Because like the problem with 2015's 3DS lineup to me is a lot of those games are like little burst sort of things kind of like chibi robo was like not a meaty game actually i take it back because happy home design was pretty meaty yokai watch very meaty yeah. i mean steam world ga- steam is meaty they were all games i was really impressed with like yeah Codename steam happy home designer but then but, just didn't buy <laughs> yeah because like I mean, I mean i love yeah. animal crossing but like decorating a home was definitely not what i yeah that's not what about it for. yeah yeah but, uh, yeah, it's, it, again, there's nothing wrong with all these RPGs. It's just insane how many there Actually, are. there was more to decorate in the home, obviously. I mean, we all know what's about the city. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I did mention there are two Sega games, so we should probably talk about those for those non-RPG fans or people that just want to diversify. Um, oh, and the other thing is the RPGs are coming out, like, once a month. So how... You must be being them pretty fast, or, like... Because you got Paper Mario now, you got Fire Emblem exactly a month, you got Bravely Second a month after... Or two months after that. A lot of really long, meaty games to play back-to-back-to-back. I mean, which again people are probably still not even done with Chronicle Decks. Yeah, yeah. And that game's huge. Which, again, Xenoblade, for those who didn't know what he's talking about. But, um... 
Again, I'm sure Nintendo did research that indicates this is a non-issue, and we're just this is just like the ultimate first-world problem of video games. Like, oh man, there's too many lengthy, well-packed games that have tons of content. This sucks. But it's just kind of like a weird thought. Like, oh, they're really going full RPG this year. Yeah. But for those who don't want RPGs, there are the Sega games. So Sega themselves uh, announced just the other day 3D Classics Collection, which um, are all those eShop games. You know those eShop games where they they basically took Genesis tiles or arcade tiles yeah, and 3 d Yeah, gets the Sonic ones. Yeah, the stere- they, they stereoscopify cool. <laughs> all these classic games, and now they're putting a retail collection together of nine of them. Weirdly enough, you can also download this retail collection of the nine eShop games that were previously released on the eShop as a single collection, which seems odd, because it's going to be cheaper to get. Anyway, uh, so included on the cartridge are five games that are already on the eShop. Sonic the Hedgehog, Thunderblade, Galaxy Force 2, Altered Beast, and Fantasy Zone dub- 2W. Just one Sonic the Hedgehog? Just oh. the first one. Oh, okay. Then they're including two arcade games that never saw release outside of Japan before now, Racing Game Power Drift and Poyo Pop 2. And they're including two Master System games that were not available on the eShop but have the 3D conversion as well, which are Maze Walker and a different fantasy zone, The Tears of Opa Opa. That is the name of the game. <laughs> I want to buy it just because of that. But, uh, yeah, the bundle. You get all this for only 30 bucks. Comes out April so it's 26th. It's like their version of the Rare Replay or whatever Exactly. It's, it's their version of Rare Replay. It's only 30 bucks. It comes out April 26th. And the artwork on the box is from uh, Game Freak's Ken... I'm going to butcher his name, I'm sorry. Uh, Sugimori, I think is how you say it, who you may know as the main illustrator of Pokemon. All those, you know how like when a Pokemon game comes out, they have like that certain art style for each Pokemon? Like they draw that kind of like that pastel shaded. Like remember when Ryan Blue came out, there's like the cartoon ones that are vibrant and it's slightly more subdued. I know what you're talking about. The, yeah, you yeah, just the, stared the, at me. The, the Charizard and Blastoise that. Exactly. Doing. This guy, him. He's the guy that draws all those. I have those. a whole poster of Pokemon drawn in that style. You do. Well, this guy, Ken... I'm not going to say his last name. My buddy Ken, he also is doing the artwork for um, the box for this. which is Right on. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, I will say two things. One, I guess it pays to wait because uh, you made the point that Elves already bought some of these. Now, I did want some of these over time, but I just never got yeah, around to it. Yeah, but you, you'll have to pressed, figure, yeah. like, sure, he could have waited, but, but I, he probably doesn't care time. about any of those games except for the Sonic ones, which he has. Right, no, but I mean, like, for and me, there's some I was interested in. He does, wait, he did wait. He could have, he got his PS4, like, in July, July or something like sure. that. Whenever Batman came out. Sure. And he's held off on getting Mortal Kombat until the complete edition equivalent comes out, and they just announced Mortal Kombat XL, which is the version with everything. There you go. He actually held out. Uh, but yeah, so I was going to say, waiting works, except... Comes out very close to Street Fighter Five, so I don't know how he's going to do both. He'll manage. I, I have faith in him that he can play two fighting games. It's like the RPG dilemma all over again. It's like I what 3DS owners are going through. You think you could... He want, uh, I don't know. If he wants to be really good at him, it's going to be really hard. Yeah, he's got to basically devote his life. It's almost like Actually, even then, he hasn't enough time because you need to master one. You can't juggle both with different battles. Yeah, that's can, a good point. He's going to have to pick one. Yeah. One is going to be a just for fun. Right, right. But I was going to say that for me, like, a couple of games in this I was interested in, but in Japan, it's actually the second compilation they've done they did a different one that included some games you would think would be in this one like space harrier outrun shinobi Ooh, echo the dolphin. dolphin like those are pretty but i mean those are names you know more than say those are names i know galaxy force 2 i've heard of that oh well you're not helping my case what about fantasy zone 2w um there we go the blank stare work through the grapevine yeah oh okay but like you know outrun you know echo the dolphin like it seems like it would be nice if that compilation came over <laughs> 
But or in Japan, they converted it to a ultimate version. Well, see, in Japan they did that. You can buy literally a physical bundle where they took the two game boxes and smushed them into one double pack, like wrapped in plastic thing. I get why in the U.S. they're not doing that. It this will sell better as a budget price title at thirty bucks and a full price at forty bucks that includes more games. And more to the point, this compilation includes unreleased games. Compilation number one did not. All the games on there are on the eShop. So for marketing reasons, it makes sense to do this. But it would have been nice to see those. And I also, Sega, if you're listening, would really like you to put 3D Gunstar Heroes Ooh. into one of these compilations. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that game. I have it on uh, Virtual Console for Wii and love it. But uh, yeah, so that's just my two cents. I don't think I'm going to buy it because there's not enough in there that actually entices me. But for those who like Sega, there you go. You're getting a whole bunch of Sega on uh, April 26th. And before that, on March 18th, you can get Sega and Nintendo combined because Mario and Sonic at the Rio 2016 Olympic Games, which is way too long of a name, is coming out on 3DS on March 18th. A Wii U version is coming later the this year. The art looks kind of cool, like the official art. It's yeah. like the whole like, wispy look that they kind of gave everybody. It does. Have, yeah, it's nice that they finally like made it stand out a little. Like All the other ones were just generic renders. This one actually has kind of like a cohesive art direction for it. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it comes out, like I said, on 3DS in March. Wii U is at some later unspecified date. Uh, Nintendo's European website says August, although they haven't confirmed that really besides casually listing it, which may, which would make sense because that's probably around the time of the Rio Olympics. But usually they don't release them anywhere near the Olympics. So it's kind of interesting. But the, the 3DS version, um, it got very little fanfare. This announcement came from a tweet from Nintendo's Twitter account. Not even a press release, nothing. Just a tweet that's like, hey, here's this Olympic game. It's out in two months. That's how they talk on Twitter. But that's that literally it. No screenshots, no nothing. But in Japan, uh, the game is coming out sooner. It might already be out, actually. So there's been more information on what it actually is over there. And much like they actually put some effort in with the art, they're doing a little bit more than just the bare minimum minigame collection for gameplay. I wouldn't say it's like, revolutionary but not only do you have the mini games based on olympic sports and the dream sports and all that but for the first time you have in addition to being a mario character or sonic character you can be a me that you can customize me's were playable before it's just generic but now you can actually customize it you'll earn you can you can wear the skin of mario or sonic little creepy like mario tennis open yeah basically and you customize it with gear and um that sort of thing and then this is where amiibo comes in in that you can scan Amiibo to unlock new gear and, uh, no, sorry, I got that wrong. You could scan it to turn to a gold me, which is kind of like in Chibi Robo where you get super strength and your stats are boost, boosted temporarily. You can do that once a day with an Amiibo. Or, here's the thing where you get gear. This is actually kind of cool. It's an Olympic game, so they encourage you to go walk around. So it will use the pedometer. If you close the system with the game running, put it in your pocket, it'll use the pedometer and actually... Uh, the walk to the Olympic flame or something is what they're calling it. And every step you take, you you know, it tallies all of them and then you earn certain new items and certain new gear and certain, certain new stats for your custom Sonic skin wearing me. Um, and then that can help you do better in the minigame. That's actually kind of clever. Not enough to sell me on the game, I don't think, but that that's pretty clever. Um, but the Amiibo thing, on the other hand, feels very lazy to me. Like, you scan it, and you get a stat boost for a few minutes, and you can do it once a day. Really? You know, mm-hmm. That's it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess if they're... I guess if they have to shoehorn Amiibo in somehow, that's one way to do it, but I don't know. Par for the course, though. 
Yeah, it's just one of a number of games that Nintendo's going to be putting Amiibo support in, shoehorning Amiibo support in. Uh, Star Fox Zero, for example, now officially has Amiibo support, even though it was long suspected when they stuck the Amiibo logo on the website. And that is really coming out April 22nd. Nintendo reconfirmed it. Um, there are rumors going around the web it might be delayed to July. The only game Nintendo has ever released in July is Wii Sports Resort. They don't release games in July because kids are outside because it's summer. So there's no way that was going to be true, and sure enough, it's coming April 22nd still. The other big game that uses Amiibo, though, besides these, is Twilight Princess HD. Mm-hmm. Um, so to segue a little into Amiibo discussion, uh, it, was, it was a given it was going to use it since there's a Wolf Link that comes with the game itself, but we now know what it does. And if you scan Wolf Link, you will unlock a special thing called the Cave of Shadows. And the Cave of Shadows is essentially a second version of Twilight Princess's original Cave of Ordeals, which, if you recall, was a series of, like, rooms you run through with waves of enemies and stuff. And, and it's not replacing it. it, right? It's not replacing it. It is a second one, because unlike Cave of Ordeals, where you played as Link, in the Cave of Shadows, you are stuck as Wolf Link for the entire thing. So there are 40 floors you go through to see how long you can last. You can then scan the amiibo a second time after you beat it or die, I guess after you beat it, not after you die. And it'll take note of how many hearts you have left in your health. So when you go back and scan it again to try and beat your own score, it'll actually be like, okay, you had six hearts left last time you were here. See if you can top that. That's the one thing I can see where it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool that's on the Amiibo. But I, I don't know. Uh, it, could, beyond, it could also just remember. It could also just be a menu option, yeah. But um, beyond that, if you do beat the, the Cave of Shadows, you get to max your rupee storage out to uh, 9,999 instead of 999. So that's just a little cheated enables, basically. Um, and you'll also be able to use other amiibo, it turns out. Any of the Smash Zelda characters will work, and they all do different things. So Link and Toon Link, you replenish your arrows once a day for free. Uh, Princess Zelda, you replenish your heart once a day for free. The cool one is Ganondorf. If you scan him, enemies do double damage to you. And if you combine that with the rumored hero mode that uh, an Amazon France retail listing leaked as possibly being in Twilight Princess HD, and it's, you know they said it in the product description, you basically have Zelda Dark Souls because you have you know the harder difficulty, half the or essentially the equivalent of half the health because you have double the damage. Yeah, because I think in, well, Hero Mode and Wind Waker had enemies. Take away a full heart, like, yeah. a, like an extra half heart. Which means they now so. take away two full hearts every time they hit you if you scan in Ganondorf. Might be a little more. It'd be like... Yeah, it'd be like two and a half or three, even. Yeah. But... Which is insane. Oh, yeah, and hearts, also, and hearts also don't spawn in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. At all. And, and, so when you, and you'll know that Ganondorf mode is on, so to speak, when uh, the hearts turn blue instead of red in the UI, like in the heads-up display. But um, that actually sounds kind of cool. I could see people getting sold on that alone. Like, oh yeah, I play Twilight Princess, but I do love... I am a glutton of punishment, and I do love dying repeatedly, so let's do Ganondorf Hero Mode. Like, it could actually be a selling point for oh, some man, people. It's like um, YouTube Let's Play Fodder. It really is. I would not be surprised if when they were designing it, they're like, that, you know, exactly for that purpose, for viral moments, or for, like, making it big on Twitch or whatever. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a clever idea, but, again, I feel like you don't need Amiibo to do that but before we get to that real quick uh, a quick side note if you do have wolf link you can use him in hyrule warriors legends to boost midna's stats or boost midna's abilities um i think it's an enhanced weapon actually specifically and separate from all of that try princess is getting some other adjustments according to some famitsu stuff a screenshot from famitsu suggested that the uh, collectathon that was the vessel of light where you had to get the 15 tiers mm-hmm. is now dropped down to 11 
there's a screenshot that shows eight. You know how they had all 15 and they filled themselves in? It was a lot. There were only 11 on the screenshot. Like, 11 spots. So, maybe they cleaned it up a bit like they did in Wind Waker mm-hmm. when they whittled down the Triforce. And considering how many times you have to do that, it's like you almost eliminate an entire 15. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it because it seems like with all these Zelda remakes, they streamline, so... This might be an example of that. And also, Miiverse stamps are in the game. It's in the, a screenshot of the menu. So they are making some adjustments. They are doing some stuff. The big stuff is Amiibo, though. And the, the enhancements do sound nice. Um, but I think the real thing that surprised me about it is I was watching the latest Nintendo Minute, you know, the thing Nintendo puts up every week with yep. Kit and Krista. Yep. And they did a tour of Twilight Princess. And I was watching it, and I'm like, these graphics look way better than I expected. Like, when we saw the Unveil trailer, it's like, oh, it's just up basically. It looks really smooth now, and, like, the detail's really good. It's not, like, Wind Waker level of graphic overhaul, but the lighting looks really nice. Like, it looks a lot better in HD than I thought it was going to. Like, surprisingly so. So, I mean, I'm already buying it, but that just kind of gave me gave me a little extra. Where are you getting it, it Jason? What? Where are you buying it? Where? Yeah. Best Buy? Oh. Why? Not GameStop. I'm not getting the special CD now. Yeah. Yeah. Are you did you cancel um, your Best Buy and do GameStop for the CD? Yeah, I, I had a little. I was just debating it and discussing it with Obis. Like, all right, on one hand, you get twenty percent off and reward points. On the other hand, you get the bonus CD. And then I figured, like, all right, well, the CD, like, let's say it's worth like ten bucks, because they aren't yeah. earning most CDs. Like, soundtrack yeah. worth ten bucks. Oh, for those who don't know, real quick, um, the CD is only ten songs. It's a soundtrack sampler. No, but still, like, I mean, I know, almost, almost every music CD, I mean... I don't know, the Majora's Mask one they sent to Club Nintendo fans is two discs and 130 tracks. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know, fine, let's... Well, even if it's five bucks, um... I don't yeah, know, it's, it's a nice collectible. Yeah, the points almost, um... It's definitely worth more than what the points would get me, because you need 250 points for every five bucks. Right. So, I don't know. It, there it, I go, games. Well, you know what's weird? GameStop hasn't said it's exclusive yet. Or have they? Yes, they have, never mind. I think they have. Or did they? I don't know. I don't know. Wait, they did. You're right. The, the thing that's not Lord. exclusive was the uh, Fire Emblem 3DS, which was up at GameStop like a day before anyone else. Yeah. So, I don't know. I still may or may not get it, but I don't know. The don't game know. or the soundtrack? The soundtrack. So, But, not, <laughs> but I'm definitely teetering. So. I say, pull. I mean, if you're interested, pull the trigger. It's a freebie. Yeah. You might as well. But... And there's literally a GameStop in walking distance of your house. Like, it's silly. Yeah, to. but the $5 discount or however much it is. Almost six bucks. Yeah, but you could still get one at a later time. Mm. The discount through other purchases. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm kind of excited for the game. Like, the, like H- the only one I didn't regret getting at GameStop was definitely Paper Jam, because we got the the Papercraft Marios. That's pretty cool. You know you can just print those out yeah, but they're on not... the European website on cardstock? It's exactly the same. Yeah, but I, know, I don't want I to know. buy a whole roll of cardstock. And... I know, it's a fair point. Um... I hate pre-order bonuses. <laughs> if pre-order bonuses exist, I want them to be the same everywhere. Yep. Like, oh, well, those do actually look a lot nicer than... For those who can't see, because this is audio only, uh, they actually do look much nicer than a cardstock thing. They are cardstock, but it's, like, pretty well done. And it comes in, like, a nice wrapper that has the logo and, and everything. Contrary to our early reports, you get all of them. I remember at first I said, like, oh, you just get one randomly. Which would be dumb. So you get Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, and a Goomba. Which is pretty good. It is. It's pretty nice. But yeah, something I wanted to bring up about Twilight Princess, and I kind of started talking about it and then deep, like, turned away, is this Amiibo uh, uh, integration? 
much like with Mario and Sonic's integration, much like I'm gonna take a wild guess and say will be the case with Star Fox's integration, but I don't want to judge before I know what it is. It's very blah. Like the 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 Smash Zelda characters, that's kind of neat because it's a perk if you already own the figure. What are you talking about? It's awesome. I have I have these little collectible statues, and they just happen to do something. That's what I'm saying. The the Smash Zelda characters. Figurines you bought for another purpose. I'm not talking in general. Oh. But those, see, those are... I know, but that's not what we said last time. Because I'm looking at them the way the president did not want us to look at them. Cause I see Which them is as, why I'm making this I, point. Yeah, I see them as statues first and bonus content creators yes. later. If they're bonus, if they're stat, if you're buying them for the sake of buying them, that's cool. Like, But there's no reason if you're buying them for the sake of doing these things in game. Like getting the Cave of Shadows, unlocking the Gandorf hard mode. Why is Gandorf Hard Mode not a toggle that you can just turn on? Why is the Cave of Shadows not just something you find in the world like you managed to do just fine with the Cave of Ordeals back in 2006? Like, they feel not essential, which is fine if you're planning to just get them to get them. But they're just like physical manifestations of menu toggles. Or things that already existed in-game. Which, again, if you're collecting them, is fine. And lots of games have used them in somewhat interesting ways. Smash Bros., the training thing was cool. That's the only... Even more, well, no, no, there's a few others if you think I about it. I feel like, well, the ones that use them as, like, kind of AI that you could train, like, um, Smash Brothers and Mario Tennis. Yeah. I feel like those are the only ones that have used them probably the best so far, just because, yeah, like, you can't yeah. really do that, like, in game, like, oh, I, mean, I guess you could train a, like, a computer, yeah. like, on your own and then, like, name it, like, th- like, that you could do, that's fine, but it gets more unique when you realize the fact that you could save it onto your Amiibo, take it to a friend's house, and just, like, battle theirs with your Amiibo. Yeah. Like, Nintendo knows this, and they've done tournaments at WonderCon and Comic-Con, which mm-hmm. is really, really cool. I will say, while gameplay-wise they're not essential, the idea of having physical game pieces for your virtual board game, Mario Party 10, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, while gimmicky, the idea cool, while gimmicky but, yeah. as hell, like, for kids, or even for adults, it is kind of cool to be, like, Oh, let me grab my game piece. Do you realize how tedious it is? Yes. I- ignoring that, on the conceptual level of it is kind of a neat idea. So, like, in those cases, in Mario Tennis and Smash and the Amiibo, in Amiibo Festival and in Mario Party 10, I will say, okay, sure, Amiibo, good enough. But then, like, everything else in 2016 that we know of is not doing anything like that. I mean, they, they've so far announced the next wave of Amiibo, which is Roy... Ryu, Famicom Colored Rob, all coming in March, and then specifically on March 18th, we have the next Animal Crossing Amiibo, Timmy and Tommy, Cap'n and Rover. And they exist without a purpose, I feel like. I mean, I guess you could say, well, the Animal Crossing ones, you just said, Jason, they're game pieces in Amiibo Festival. And the Smash Bros. ones, well, they're just continuing that. But it's like, okay, but all these other games are coming out that don't have any use for them, besides unlocking things that could be unlocked any other way. I don't know, I think you're right. I think if the president... A Nintendo, Tatsumi, Kimishima. Maybe just from kind of the wrong end. No, I, I think I think he... Yes, I think you're right. I think they came up with the idea before they came up with the gameplay hook. And I think the problem is, he's now... He said in December, in Time Magazine, we talked about it on this very show, you already brought it up. He literally said, we want people to take them out of the box, we want them to be gameplay... Like, out, we want them to be uh, they, core to gameplay, like, enhancers of gameplay. All these are doing are switching a binary line from O to 1, or 1 to like O. Like, the only... Um, uh, I, I feel like, in that sense, um, Disney Infinity kind of has it the best. Yeah. Because that game is so open-ended that, I don't know, I, I feel like, as far as, like, Toys to Life, I, I feel like, I don't know, I want to say that one just wins out just based on, on just concept alone. Because mm. Skylanders, um, 
I mean, it's very popular. People like it, but that's a very specific kind of game. It's like a traditional. It's just a third. It, it's a third person beat 'em yeah, up. Exactly. And I don't know. And yeah, I guess I. Uh, Disney Infinity is Little Big Planet, but on steroids. Like, if Nintendo had done something like that, like, I don't know. If they just straight up stole that idea, I mean, that'd still be really cool. Like, it's like Nintendo, but all these characters, like, wouldn't. I don't know. It's yeah. like, it feels like the only time you could ever have, like, all these, like, Nintendo characters interact with each other randomly is, like, through Smash Brothers. And then that also excludes all oh, the Animal Crossing ones and the you Splatoon know what they ones. Do? Like, I don't know. They, they have to create a new, a new game or something. Well, what would that be, though? Know. That's the thing. Because even there were even the... Because here's the problem. <laughs> there were rumors, literally right after Kimishima made that con, a rumor came out from Nintendo Life about, hey... Nintendo software technology is making an Amiibo free-to-start game. It's going to be based around Amiibo. It's going to be... Ami- like, Amiibo will be centric to it. It's going to be free-to-start. And we talked about it on the show, like, what craziness could they do? And we came up with that whole Pokemon train card game idea of how it'd be, like, a mirror of your real, like, Pokemon decks. And we talked about, like, you know, it's got to be something unique, like you were saying. Then it was announced in Japan. And it's called Mini Mario and Friends. I kid you not, what NST's game ended up being is the seventh iteration of a franchise they've been working on for 13 years. Which is fine. Mario vs. Donkey Kong is fun, but to have that paired very closely with um, the news from Kimishima that they want to make like a pillar of gameplay based around Amiibo, I don't, I don't know if that did that. So, Mini Mario and Friends, just really quick to explain for people who know what it is, and then we go back to what Amiibo game should be. For those who don't know, Mimar and Friends is uh, its fully its full name is Mimar and Friends Amiibo Challenge. Ooh. It's coming to both Wii U and 3DS, as the rumor said it would. And uh, what it is is basically the same game we played before. You are controlling these little robo, or you're building, manipulating a world with a touchscreen, so these little robot lemmings can get to their end goal. You have to move things and do things. The difference is, if you scan your Amiibo, you get different characters. So if you scan a Mario World Amiibo, like a Mario Universe Amiibo. Be it Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Rosalina, Yoshi, Bowser, or Bowser Jr. Dr. Mario? No Dr. Mario. I imagine Mario would come up for Dr. Mario. But those are the ones that do stuff. They are special. They have special minified versions of all those guys now. Each with their own abilities. Yoshi can eat some enemies. Diddy Kong can cling to walls. Peach can temporarily hover jump thing like she does in Mario 2. That's all there. But if you have any other amiibo, and remember, this was a game that was rumored to be like the, the amiibo-centric thing. So if I have Chibi-Robo, if I have... Uh, I don't know, Marth. All they do is give you a little generic mini Mario that's not even Mario. It's a mini robot named Mini Spec. And that's it. That's the only thing these Amiibo do in the game. The hook is the marketing, which is in Japan, where it's the only place that's been announced so far. If you buy the game after January... If you buy an Amiibo after January 28th, any Amiibo, they will hand you a download voucher with your purchase to go get this game both on Wii U and 3DS and they can scan your Amiibo and there you go, you get a free game with your Amiibo. I don't think anyone interpreted Kimishima's comment of we want to make Amiibo-centric to gameplay as literally like, your ticket to this game is an Amiibo. (laughs) But I don't know. It's just like, the game itself I'm sure is fun. I do like Mario and Donkey Kong games. Mario versus Donkey Kong games and the mini games. Like the the 3D one they did. It's not even versus anymore. Yeah, it's just, They become full partners. Yeah, and like the 3D one they did on the eShop years ago where you're like traversing cubes and stuff. Mini March Again. That one's really fun. So I don't like, I'm not judging the game itself. I think just the timing of Kimishima saying, like, we're going to do these really Amiibo-centric things and then giving us a game where you don't actually need the Amiibo except to download the game for free seems a little weird. Because, like, we've had six 
Mario vs. Donkey Kong games. And in those six games, we never needed an amiibo. And now, we do get a game that supposedly revolves around amiibo, but all it does is let you choose different characters. Granted... With locked away levels. Granted, not even locked away levels. Sta- parts of stages will only be accessible by certain characters. So, like, there could be a little thing you can collect up top, but you need Peach's hover jump to get there. Mm. So, not even crucial to the gameplay. Like, I don't... I'm not trying to, like... I'm sure the game's fun. I'm not trying to, like, bash the game. It's just the, the context in which it was announced within is kind of weird. Um, it just feels sort of afterthoughty, I guess. Even still, this game has Amiibo in the name. It's certainly a step forward from Amiibo Tap, Tap Amiibo, whatever that was, the demo thing. Oh, man. But uh, it's just not... That already existed inside yeah. of Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I it, it comes back to the same central question. And you know, to be honest, I'm gonna download this game. I'm sure I'm gonna have fun with it. I'm sure I'll scan a couple of my already open amiibos. But nothing about this game makes me want to open my amiibo. Like I'm not gonna be like, oh darn, I can't get 100. percent Maybe I'm not the, the perfect Marvel's Don Kong player. Maybe someone out there will want to do this. But how many people are like, oh man, I can't get the 100. percent I need to go buy a Yoshi amiibo to do that. It seems not <laughs> that's exactly what they were hoping for. <laughs> that's what they're hoping for, but it doesn't seem because it's not like it's even. It's not like you're like, oh, cool, I get to do this entirely unique thing with Yoshi. It's like, oh, literally to get that last like wrench or whatever I'm collecting, I need to go spend thirteen dollars on an amiibo. Like, it's not even core. It's gameplay, but it's not like core to the gameplay. It's an, if that makes sense. So I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm at with amiibo, which brings back the question of what would be the right amiibo game. Like I don't even. You were saying that like you like. How Smash did it? Could they yeah, build on that? Like I don't know what that would be. Uh, I would love for them. Like it doesn't even have to be a full game. Like it could literally just be, I don't know, like a spinoff or just an extra mode that you just add on to Smash Brothers or, or like buy independently or something. Yeah, because I mean, like not only would that, first of all, it would work on both Wii U and 3DS. Because I mean, it's already the infrastructure is already there. Right. And just um, pretty much just take the amiibo battles to another level. Just make um make it an online mode that you could only battle people's amiibos so it encourages the training it it makes the amiibos feel more important because i already love fighting with amiibos like little like Elvis and i are gonna like we're, we've already been like training amiibos that we're gonna essentially do cockfighting or right, or just right. pokemon like we're gonna our idea is we have we each pick six amiibos that we train and then we send them out one at a time but mm-hmm. we can't change the order like once one is gone it's gone mm-hmm. and you just have to like figure out what who you want to be or who you want to start out with, who you want to be your anchor, like different strategies like that. And I just feel like they could do that. That'd be cool. You know, your Pokemon comment leads to another idea. What they did is really Pokemon. You're collecting Amiibo. You're collecting Pokemon. You... It's almost like take your idea but make it like an RPG. No, I was going to say like um, even... Yeah, like, unfortunately, that only addresses the Smash Bros. Amiibo. Like, you can't really do anything with the no, other Amiibo. Right, but then the... Yeah, that's right. So, so like, yeah, like, like you said, like, an RPG thing almost sounds like the way better idea. Especially, like... Like, I remember, um... I don't know, I, I think as long as it's both on 3DS and Wii U, like, it will be... It'll work out perfectly. Yeah, yeah. And if... I don't know. Like, don't even make it a 3D game. Yeah, if they did, like, 2D hand-drawn art or, like, 2D sprite work and just did all these different characters... Yeah, like, that'd be... It'd be super easy to make for them in terms of budget. Although, yeah. granted, that still costs a fair amount. But that would actually be really fun. Make, make it simplistic enough that you really just have to make it for 3DS and just make it work on the Wii U, and yeah. there you go. And then you know what you even make do? it Even make it um, cross-platform compatible so you people yeah, battling on... That, kind of like in the thing, like, Hearthstone. Like, I could be playing on my phone, but I don't know if I'm playing against someone that's also playing on their phone or their computer... Like, yeah, they could Hearthstoneify it. I yeah. mean, because Nintendo, you. I remember you so saying you could to me get any amiibo. Like that just be. Yeah, and you were once telling me something about like what, what we had this conversation off air, 
off-air, uh, that, like, a Nintendo-fied Hearthstone, how that work? I think we just hit it. Like, this is what it could be. Because Hearthstone is hugely popular. It's World of Warcraft, but it's not. Like, it uses it, but it's not it. But it gets people interested in it. Yeah, because I know nothing about World of Warcraft, Warcraft, or any of those other Blizzard games. Right. I only played Hearthstone, but after playing so much Hearthstone, like, I'm just, like, walking around, like, the mall, and then I see this pop vinyl of a Murloc, and I'm like, oh, look at the Murloc, and then I look at the vinyl, like, oh. And it's something and, and, and it's, like, and it's just Warcraft branded, and I'm like, wow, like, I only know this because of Hearthstone. Like, I know, I don't know, like, it kind of, like, got me interested in, like, the characters and yeah. stuff. So, just kind of do that with this. Dude, like, imagine, if they did that, they could even I would, go, look, honestly, they could even go a step further. I, I would, I would get Animal Crossing Amiibos, I just said, like, oh, I, I want to add, like, a... a a Tom Nook to my party or whatever. Yeah, because they'd essentially... Have this like is essentially the, like, gamified version of their IP expansion strategy. Because you could have some Smash Bros. Amiibo and get this game for free when you go buy your Amiibo, right? Like, the same voucher they give from Marvel's Donkey Kong get for this. You download the, the game. Ultimate crossover you have your game, it's, Right. It's not, it's not like, unlike any other one. Yeah, and you see... Own. And, like, you'll see... You know, you battle someone online and you see they have a... Ro- or they have a Timmy and Tommy. And you're like, how do I get that? I need to go buy a Timmy and Tommy Amiibo. Or better yet, they can introduce new characters to people by, like... It could almost do the poke and support character system. So, like, it, when you're in battle, you can summon other Nintendo characters who maybe only exist in the game, not as physical amiibo. Only ami- mm-hmm. The amiibo could only be, like, the ones that, like, are your main battlers. But you could, like, for example, I don't know, have, like, uh, somehow, like, Yoshi can somehow summon Birdo. And then that could give them an excuse one day to make a Birdo amiibo, and then ultimately a Birdo become a main fighter. Or you could have, uh, like, the Pushmo guy, Mallow, or whatever. He could somehow do something in one part of the game, and then that get people interested in Pushmo and they go by Pushmo. This thing could be a, like, sick, like a, uh, Deus Ex machine of buying yeah. Nintendo things. Like, it, it, that's what it's called, right? A Deus Ex machine where it's like the, pro- propels itself forward. Uh, like, it could, this could be smart. They should do this. Like, it makes, it almost makes too much sense because it's just like, they could just keep pumping new characters in. Every single Amiibo that comes out just coded into the game. They know their prog line. They can crazy. future-proof like, you, this. They literally have, like, Already, they already have the who's who of other Nintendo characters, yeah. plus a bunch of like secondary characters. Like, they, it's perfect. I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like thanks to Smash Brothers that they have the potential to make this like, I don't know, the best free to play thing. Yeah, like it makes so much sense. And not only that, but they could even like. Well, it, I guess that's debatable, but well, like one of the best. Like, well, yeah, like something yeah. that will complement the other ones because like you have the make your own game or with, yeah. the make your own game thing with Disney Infinity, and you have beat em ups with that, and and then this is the RPG fighting thing, the RPG light. So version. yeah, it's like. It'd be it's super missing. cool, and it fits so nicely into their IP expansion strategy. I want that. Yeah, I want this to really happen. And like, what should it be called? Uh, S- Super Smash RPG, Super Smash Tales, uh, Amiibo Smash, Smash Amiibo. I don't know what it should be called, but it's brilliant. Amiibo and we quest. should make it happen. <laughs> and I'm totally chewing our own horn by saying it's brilliant. But no, seriously, like, this would address all the issues because yeah. it would fix. It give you a reason to have Amiibo and to keep buying Amiibo. Um, and you know what you could do? No, you want to play with yourself? Get the Mi Fighters. And you know what you could do? You know what you could do? You can have the stats saved to the Amiibo. So you can transfer Amiibo if you want to go play at your friend's house on Wii U or something. And yeah, you like, bring like, Amiibo like, with you like, like Smash make a, does. Make a battle system like similar-ish to Pokemon so that yeah. you could battle your friends. Like take a party of six with your... Right, of your favorite yeah, Nintendo a, characters. Make random default numbers. Dude, I mean, if, if Rick and Morty, the Adult Swim show, can knock off Pokemon and have a really popular iPhone game off it, that's actually supposed Why to be Why can't you good. rip off Pokemon? Why can't Nintendo rip off their own game with their other characters? Like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense but um well as it says it fits so perfectly into IP it would strategy people, too it, it would actually make the carrying cases make sense because you want to yep. carry on your 3DS yeah. scan your dudes put your carrying cases yeah it on. would be 
I want this to happen really badly. And I know I keep starting to say it sometimes, but then we detour. But it also, to a T, fits their IP strategy. Because their whole goal was, like, we want to expand our properties. We want to get more people more interested in more characters through theme parks I mean, and whatnot. Just, look at what Project just put X- them in your game. I mean, look at what Project <laughs> Exxon does. That's the yeah. only reason they can get so many characters in. Because they kind of go with this Actually, Yeah, this art. is basically the uh, Amiibo version of Project Exxon. Now that I think yeah. about it. Except Exxon's more strategy game. But still. Yeah, a little more fighting issue. A little too. more fighting But yeah, like, that the, the, would be awesome. But the IP thing actually brings me to a, a broader point, which is a broad. We're gonna broaden from just game news to Nintendo news. Um, unless there's anything else you want to say about our brilliant idea that Nintendo should definitely do. Hint, hint, Nintendo, if you're out there. Uh, I guess not. All right. Well, what I was gonna say in that case was um, we're talking about 2016 plans and how the year's you know taking shape. And Kimishima himself, Nintendo's president, actually outlined what Nintendo hopes to do in 2016. This was a couple of days after our last podcast, and like. Yeah, look, there go our predictions happening in real time. So it's a mix of what we knew was going to happen, along with a few small surprises. So the IP thing, uh, as we know, is a big part of Nintendo's plan for 2016, and they're actually hoping that will lead to uh, casting a wider net that results in more money, specifically 100 billion yen profits within the next several years is what they're looking to achieve. For comparison, this past year, they hit a fourth of that. So definitely the IP expansion will, have, will help with that. To do that... They're planning to keep up Amiibo. They're planning to license merchandise. They have the theme parks. And then here's something he mentioned publicly that I don't believe has been mentioned before. They're making progress with movie and TV anime licensing. Hmm. I didn't know Nintendo was in the market for movies and TV anime, but it's not a foreign concept to them. I mean, they have Pokemon. Imagine imagine what it literally is. um, In Universal Studios, when you go on a ride, they usually have, like, a video, like... Explaining what's gonna happen. Oh, sorry, that. I hope not. I mean, he said <laughs> these separate that. thoughts. Like, yeah, that, that like all right, guys, get ready. You're about to go through the Mushroom Kingdom. Make sure you put your hand inside. But just like I don't and know, a toe saying it or yeah. something. So, with his raspy voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's. But I mean, if it's something, <laughs> if it's something more than that, which I'm assuming it is, but I could be wrong. Nintendo does have quite the, the background in this. They have Pokemon, which is still on TV. They had Kirby right back at you for a few years. They had F-Zero uh, GP Legend for a few years. They had the Kid Icarus Country. They had, they had the awful 90s Donkey Kong Country them, CG though. show. They had... Well, none of these are technically them. They're yeah. licensing them. But they had the Kid Icarus anime collaboration. They had a bunch of Mario did. cartoons. They had the Mario cartoons. They had um, even the Pikmin like little uh, CG featurettes they did. Those minute-long ones, two-minute-long yeah. ones. They have experience with this. So if they are serious about doing this, which it sounds like they are, I don't think it'd be that outlandish. Like, a few years ago, if you said it, like, in, like, you know, the early Wii era or the GameCube era, I'd be like, oh, that sounds like a disaster. But they've proven, for the most part, that they can actually pull it off. So maybe this TV licensing thing, it's not anime, but maybe those rumors of a Zelda show coming to Amazon Prime that kind of fizzled out, maybe that that's happening. Maybe a Mario movie like what Sony was trying to pitch for a while, which I still find weird that Sony pitched Nintendo on a Mario movie. Maybe that's going to happen. I don't know, but it sounds like we're actually making headway in seeing multimedia Nintendo, not just video game Nintendo. Well, maybe Nintendo's waiting to see how the Sly Cooper movie does. And the answer could be not that well, I hate to say it. I'm sure it's going to be a fine movie on its own merit, but like... How the Ratchet and Clank movie does. I had the same situation. Like, the I don't know, something about that just... I feel like it's not going to take off. You're not going to be number one at the box office. It's not going to be like a book adaptation or like what Assassin's Creed will be for Ubisoft. If that even makes it number one. So you're saying like even on its own merits, like I mean... It, it might Kung, be a perfectly good movie, I mean, like, but the way they're marketing it already... I mean like may- Kung Fu Panda or like other things, like when the first iteration of those movies comes out, like no one necessarily really knows who they are. Like I apparently How to Train Your Dragon was based on a book, but that didn't... What? Really- 
Yeah, proving your point. <laughs> yeah, like that didn't stop me from watching it. Yeah, I mean, like for all we like for someone like Ratchet and Clank, it be like, oh, it's just another. No, no. Film. See, yeah, that makes sense. But the thing that I'm hesitant about is they put out trailers for Sly Cooper already. There is no traction online for that. That thing just fell off a cliff. I did. Heavenly Sword had a movie. Did they just you know have that? that. They just had that one trailer. That's it. Yeah, but that's my point. So, like yeah, when you put out a trailer for like the next DreamWorks movie, the next whatever. <laughs> People pay attention. They make the rounds. When you put out the trailer for Sly Cooper, I did not see anyone bring it up. I saw maybe two tweets about it on my timeline. For any other video game property, I've seen tons. I'm not saying it's going to bomb. I'm not saying this is indicative of what's going to happen. I'm just saying it feels like either they're not putting full marketing behind it yet or they're trying to like kind of quietly... I don't know what's going on, but it's being handled strangely to me. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank has... like Okay, here's, like a, good, here's has... a good comparison. The Angry Birds movie, also coming from, I believe, Sony... Um, they have an all-star cast. It was all over when the trailer came out. Like, any any video game site report, you knew it was happening. Sly Cooper, if you go ask someone, do you know making a Sly Cooper movie? I guarantee fewer people know than know about the Angry Birds movie. Among gamers. That yeah. know what both are. So it's just, I think they just need to push it harder. But it's just, it's weird. It's very quiet. Mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank, I think, has more of a cast and more push behind it. Also but. this, I find it weird that, well, I guess it's not weird, but either way, like, Ratchet and Clank, I believe, is being made closely with Insomniac Studios or whoever made it, yeah. so, like, every, all the characters are actually on model, like, they actually look like them, but Sly Cooper's... Sly Cooper looks weird. Yeah, it's like, that one's made by, I, definitely not the team. For some Sly reason, Cooper. the Sly Cooper movie reminds me a little too much of the Heavenly Sword movie, which came and went without any attention. I had no idea that was a thing. Yep, it was, I think it was DVD only. I, I don't, don't even know who that is because but... of PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Right, right, exactly, but they made a movie. I think it came out, I don't even know, but like, that's my point, is like, Ratchet and Clank will get some attention because they seem to be angling it better, but Sly kind of, Sly's just kind of slipping by in the shadows, much like he actually does. Which I guess is true <laughs> to the character, but not true to how to make money. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. And again, that was all anecdotal, I'm saying. It's just, that's my gut feeling. It's not going to do well. So hopefully whatever Nintendo does, they are a little more on the ball than Sly seems to be. Um, Kimishima also did confirm that smartphone games starring Nintendo, key Nintendo characters are coming this year. So mm-hmm. not just me and Matomo. Like actual... What is that supposed to get here? March. By the end of March. But yeah, um, also Pokemon Go is supposed to be sometime this spring, which I don't think he's referring to either. I think he's talking about internal project at Nintendo because Go is like a partnership thing. But um, yeah, so sometimes you're going to see a real Nintendo smartphone game. And uh, he also, of course, said that we should expect NX details this year. Specifically, he said there would be, quote, details. He didn't say a release. He just said 2016 is the year of NX details. Doesn't mean there's not a release, but he's playing it close to the chest. Uh I really hope, though, that they say something soon, because honestly, after the insanity of NX rumors of late, I'm ready for them to just come out and say what it is. Because have you been keeping... I guess if you're on any gaming forum, if you're on Go Nintendo, if you're on Twitter, if you're anywhere, you must have seen these rumors that were popping up. It is like some absurd stuff. Some somewhat grounded, some not. The big one that made me go, yeah, right, was um, a slightly skewed analyst report that suggested the NX would interface with competing consoles like the PS4 as well as PCs and uh, smartphones. Now, on one level, sure, maybe. It could be, uh, you know, cross-platform multiplayer. It seems a little extreme, but possible. Maybe you can log into the Nintendo ID, uh, the Nintendo account website on the PS4 browser. Maybe that's what they mean. But the way it was worded and the way people seized it made it sound like, like there are people talking about, oh, so it's going to be like a Chromecast where you plug the NX stick into the HDMI port and then somehow use a PS4 controller with it, and there you go. It's like, no, that's, that's not happening. 
Like, people are running with it. Uh, what the report actually was, if you're wondering, is um, it's from a company called McGuire. They, uh, they are the guy, they send their analysts to Nintendo's financial briefings. Remember, there used to be a guy that always live tweeted Nintendo's financial meetings. Yes, I do. People yes. hunted on him. Yes, David Gibbon, I think was his name. He is the one who works at this company. So, I mean, like, there's a legitimacy behind this. And some of the stuff they're saying isn't crazy, but the, the interface in PS4 thing seems a little extreme. They also said it would somehow that there would be, um, so there's going to be a handheld NX and a console NX, and it would interface with each other. They say the handheld's coming in 2016 at about $200. The console will be in early 2017 for unspecified price. It'd be a partner device, and they would interact with each other using augmented reality. Again, I think the augmented reality is a little bit crazy, but we say crazy things here too with our controller theory from the patent, so you never know. But... The point is, some of that sounds plausible, some of it doesn't, but that, of course, got people talking. And then the thing that really blew people up in terms of talking about this was uh, this survey from marketing firm GFK. Did you see this one? You must have seen this one, the 900p thing. No. Oh, well, just wait till you hear this. So, a survey went out to members of a site called Swagbucks, which you go sign up, and you get to take surveys, and you earn points that get you money and gift cards and stuff. And the survey made all these assumptions about what the NX is. But no one really knows if they know what the NX is. So here's what they said. Uh, it's going to come with a sensor bar. It's got a feature gameplay that, quote, flows between the NX handheld and the NX console. It's going to utilize in-game achievements. I don't know why that's a selling point. Every system does that. And my favorite, it will output video in 60 frames per second in 4K. But it will only play gameplay at graphics that run at 60 frames per second at 900p. 900p isn't even a measurement that people identify HD by. It's 720 and 1080. 900, and uh, Nintendo World Report, the site, they didn't editorial that point. It's a really good point. 900p is what they say. What's like, so we made Assassin's Creed for a PS4 and Xbox One, but due to the, the difference in their chips, the PS4 version runs at 1080p, but the Xbox One version has to run at 900p. That's the only time you hear anyone say a random, like, 872p is what the resolution of this game is. Like, no one markets with 900p. So do you have that be... Like, a feature that they're surveying about is very strange to me. But let's let's back up for a sec. Let's talk about who JF, J, GFK is. They are a marketing firm. Their goal is to sell market, or like, like a survey marketing firm. Their goal is to sell data either to clients who want the data or to be paid to go gather this. They either sell data or they're paid to create, to get data. So there is no public connection that people know of between GFK and Nintendo. So what my guess is, is these guys are taking what they've heard about the NX, be it things they read online, things inside sources saying, some may be true, some may be false, I don't know. But they're taking stuff, they're putting them in a survey as fact, and they're sending it out to members and saying, hey, what are your thoughts on this? We're going to try and sell this to Nintendo. Because there are legitimate things in there that Nintendo would probably be interested in. For example, there's a question like, would you pay for a premium online service, kind of like how there's Xbox Live and PSN, for a Nintendo console? That makes sense. Then they ask, like, what sort of third-party games would you get? Would you be interested in a system that offers Just Dance 2016 and Slender the Arrival? <laughs> that is what they name-dropped. Now, I didn't know what Slender the Arrival was, so I looked it up. It is an eShop game that's actually on all the download services, and it is a horror game. Where, who, why would Nintendo, if they commissioned this survey, pick a game no one's heard of as the opposite people end of the People have definitely heard of Slender, man. Yes, but... I mean... Yes, but if you're trying to send this out to people who don't know about the NX, they're like, hey... Just like, dance and slender. I feel like everyone that's like the current like 
The current YouTube generation definitely knows it. It was Slender Man. Well, people, some 12 year olds tried to literally kill someone because of it, but, um, well, there some you girls. Go. So I guess, but I feel like you would use, like, if you're talking about third party <laughs> games. nothing pretty. But yeah, but if you're talking about third party games, it might make more sense to be like Resident Evil or Silent Hill or like actual games opposed to like, oh, that must be about Slender Whoa. Man. I'm not. So now Slender Man isn't a game. <sighs> Let me phrase. Actual <laughs> established franchises that the commoners know. Like, that, it doesn't have like more than one game. And I don't think that, it does. And it No, I'm sure the game could be fine. I think Nintendo Man had even did a thing. I, I my point is like games that commoners commoners know. <laughs> oh. Because you're referencing Just Dance, which is one of the biggest casual games that's existed in the past decade, and you're mentioning this little indie game that just seems to me that seems to me like you're someone who's trying to gather data to give Nintendo post Nintendo saying we want to hear this. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know, but the the big one for me again is um, that 900p comment. Like no one talks about 900p, and even then when Nintendo Nintendo toots its horn about like Mario Kart's in 1080p, 60 frames per second, Smash Bros runs in 1080p, Splatoon runs in 1080p, yada yada yada. So it's weird that they then go, our new system runs in 900p. Like I know Nintendo sometimes doesn't have the most graphically enhanced things, but had they ever gone fully backwards, I I don't think so. So. The takeaway of all this is who knows if it's true. There are rumors flying fast and furious all over the place. And honestly, I recommend, and I am doing this myself, to take everything with a grain of salt. Everything. Like, it could be true. It could not be true. But the way people were treating this survey like it was gospel and like NeoGAF and things like that. Like, oh my god, how can Nintendo do 900p? That's absurd. You don't even know if they're doing 900p. It's a random third-party company that's just like, hey, what would you do if it was 900p? Like, it doesn't mean it's 900p. So, it's fun to speculate about the next. We certainly are guilty of doing it. We talked about our crazy screen and the controller idea many times um, based on patents and everything. But it doesn't mean it's real. So, like, speculate away, but don't have heart attacks about it. And just wait till there's an official Nintendo announcement, which should, according to one rumor, ironically enough, be as soon as March. So, just sit tight. But that said, if you are dying to hear a rumor... <laughs> and now I've told you to disregard all rumors forever. If you're dying to hear a rumor that's at least has a stronger likelihood of being true, have I got a rumor for you? This was announced Friday night. Um, and by announced, I mean hinted at. Uh, noted Nintendo tweeter Emily Rogers and a couple other folks who are known to have oh, inside... I haven't heard that name in a long time. She's still around. Uh, and a couple folks that have inside knowledge at Nintendo have all heard and all said that a Paper Mario game is in development for Wii U by Intelligent Systems... And it's coming this year, and it's so far in development that's already being localized and tested. Mm. I'm okay with this. I, no, I find that this was announced, this, this rumor came out the same day Paper Jam was released. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it'll be a full-fledged Paper Mario, but we don't, I assume, but we don't know what that means. So, like, Paper Mario, for me, has been, well, I've always enjoyed them, but definitely it's gone through many genres and many iterations. There's Thousand Year Door, which is a standard RPG there's Super Paper Mario, which is a platformer with stats, essentially. There's Sticker Star, which is a sticker book with no stats. And there's um, now Paper Jam, which is a spinoff. The first one? Can you say what the first one was? And Well, the first one's just an RPG like Thousand Year Door. But Thousand Year Door like perfected what the first one did. So the question becomes, what Paper Mario is the one that should be this new one? If you were to play a Wii U Paper Mario, what would you want it to be? Uh, I don't know. Because we know nothing. They because, said they're going to announce more news next week. Because I left Thousand Year Door in Part 1. I didn't really get to play much of Super Paper Mario because I missed out on it when it came out on the Wii. And we actually just got it, I want to say, last year on the Wii. Just, like, 
through GameStop. Uh-huh. But we haven't really had a chance to play it, so I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think... Now, I like Sticker Star, but I don't think I want to play it again. <laughs> I think I would want something more like traditional Thousand Year Door, maybe? Because, like, Super Paper Mario was fun, but it also was a lot like a regular Mario game, just with some other stuff. Like, Thousand Year Door kind of stood on its own, so I'd be happy to have a Thousand Year Door-style game. Although, I guess the question then becomes, is it going to be an HD remake of Thousand Year Door, or do you think it's going to be, like, a new game? I mean, I'm hoping it's a new game. Well... Mm, I could definitely see a remake coming just because of this it's, trend. And it's easy to pump out before the NX when. Yeah. And, if, know, and if it is a remake, I could. I don't know. I want to say I could see Super Paper Mario getting the remake touch more you than think? any other one. I don't know. It's the most dynamic looking one. That's true. Um, yeah, Thousand Year Door would go look different. <laughs> like, it's already flat paper looking. Yeah, like, that's the one that I feel you would get the most visual yeah. out of it. But, I mean, it would be nice to see Thousand Year Door. Actually, mm, I don't know. You know what's most intriguing me about this rumor? is Maybe if there's a three-pack of all three. And that, actually, I'd be okay with that if it was like a, a hybrid thing. But the thing that's most intriguing to me is whatever they're doing with Paper Mario for Wii U, I would bet you it's like have an amiibo that goes with it. Hmm. Will it be core gameplay as we discussed earlier? Who knows? But think about what the amiibo of a Paper Mario could be. It could be awesome because you could either have a Game & Watch style like flat amiibo but Paper Mario with different poses, perhaps, they could slot in. Or, here's my crazy idea. What if Paper Mario Amiibo were Amiibo cards? And what if the Amiibo cards were cutouts of the various Paper Mario guys and poses and stuff, and you, like, had these, like, cards that were all, like, kind of custom-shaped or something that looked like Paper Mario, like, literally, like, a Paper Mario that you can scan into Paper Mario, and then they do different stuff. That would make... Way it would be sense. cool, like, because, you know, they keep saying Amiibo's going to come in different forms. You got Mega Yarn Yoshi, you got Amiibo Cartridge Animal Crossing, you got figurines. Paper Mario... Paper Paper Mario's would be probably a really interesting Not idea. made of actual paper. Not made of actual paper, made of, like, cardstock. Cardstock Paper Mario's. Whatever the Amiibo ones are. Maybe the game will be called Cardstock Mario, and it's just... <laughs> but, no, like, I... That, to me, is an interesting concept. I, I'm curious to... I'm sure we won't see it till E3. Maybe in a direct before E3, but... Yeah, I'm kind of curious what they're working on. Um, Emily Rogers and company said they're going to announce more, or announce, they're going to reveal more of what they know in like an article uh, shortly after this podcast goes live. So we'll talk about probably some more next episode in the context of Paper Jam. But for now, at least, something to think about is there is a new Paper Mario coming, and that's cool, because we need more games this year. We've talked about how like it's kind of a dead zone after yeah, Star Fox Yeah, I'm only getting out. two 3DS games this year so far. Well... So oh, far. from Nintendo. Oh, I yeah. mean, there's still Monster Hunter X and Monster Hunter Stories. and Age No, we're getting more than two. Mario and Luigi just came out. Then you got Fire Emblem. Then you got Bravely Second, which I'm like, getting. Oh, your gang. You said we, so I thought you meant the like Nintendo fandom. Sorry. Oh. You meant you, no, personally. There's a, no, there's a lot of games to get excited yeah, about yeah. as Nintendo fans in general, but yes. me personally. Yes, indeed. Um... Yeah, so I guess that I guess that brings us to our last bit of news for this episode, which is a Jason Sales Corner. Uh, it, December occurred. And with it came sales numbers for that month. Uh, MPD just put them out, and they are a particular note because they represent, excuse me, one of gaming's biggest sales months of the year, if what? not the biggest. Uh, December's huge. It's bigger than November, even though November has all the releases. But let me guess, the industry is still down as a whole, blah, 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 percent. No, uh, yes. The industry <laughs> dipped 1% in December versus December last case. year. But here's what's interesting. The dip was triggered by a 6% drop in hardware sales. Now, PS4, Xbox One, Wii U... Um, that category of current generation was up, as a whole, was up 6%. The reason 
or sorry, it was up 4%. The reason there's a 6% drop, PS3, Xbox 360, and Wii saw sales drop by 70% year over year because they just aren't sold anymore. So because of that, it literally dragged the whole industry down with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. The new systems couldn't make up the gap for the old. So, um, and no surprise, really. Um, Interesting video games slowly going away. Not really, but it's just they haven't cut, gotten to rock bottom pricing like PS3 and Xbox One and we were. Uh, so um, PS4 was unsurprisingly the best selling system of the month. Xbox One came in second, and of course Wii U brought up the rear as it always does. But that's not to say the Wii U did bad per se. Uh, Leak. Estimates put its hardware sales at the, in December of 2015 at 450,000, which is down from the approximately 600,000 it sold in December 2014. But keep in mind that December 2014 was right after Smash Bros. came out. So that was a system seller, literally about 100,000 more of them. <laughs> I mean, 150,000 more of them. So the good news is that um, even without Smash Bros. this year, the Wii U's Software sales in December 2015 were the second best month of North American software, or sorry, U.S. software sales the Wii U has ever had. First, I believe, was the month after Smash Bros. Um, we don't know specific 3DS m- numbers, but it likely saw a drop, like the Wii U did, because MPD stated that handhelds as a whole dropped 32% year over year. That's almost a third of the sales just gone. And I think we all know the Vita was not doing any numbers before or after this came out, so I'm going to assume it was mostly the 3DS, but even without assumption, a large chunk has to have been the 3DS. There's no other handheld. Um, Software-wise, Nintendo had one success story that they point out in their PR. It's the only thing they put out about MPD, and that was that Super Mario Maker has joined the Million Unit Sales Club here in the U.S. So Super Mario Mario Maker sold over a million, joining Mario Kart 8, Smash Bros, Splatoon, 3D World, and New Super Mario Bros. U. To be clear, those are just Wii U games I hit a million. If you count 3DS, there's like a ton. But uh, thanks to some leaks, while Nintendo only said they hit a million with that, thanks to some leaks, we do know how some of the other Nintendo holiday games did, both good and bad. Xenoblade Chronicles X surprised me. It managed to sell uh, 200,000 units, which for a niche tile like that is actually pretty impressive. I didn't want it to, but thought it would do a lot worse. So it's kind of cool that's actually working. The same can't be said for Devil's Third, though, which I'm not making this up. Week number said has sold a whopping 3,000 copies total. That's a little bit. It's a very little bit. Um, Now, in Devil's Third's defense, it was kind of sent to die by Nintendo. I don't know if you remember in... um, Was there a launch trailer? Probably, but... Unless there was. But here's what's crazy. So Nintendo basically sent it to die because... Uh, they felt, I feel like they felt obligated to publish it because they said they're going to publish it. Then they went really quiet on it. Then it was announced in other parts of the world except North America, and people on Twitter fli- flipped out. Remember that? Where it was like, are you making it? And then Tao just put out that weird tweet. It was like, yeah, we're publishing it later this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they did, barely. They sent, according to Destructoid, an article in December, they said that GameStop, the entire chain of GameStops, not like a region of GameStops, not like half the country, the whole chain of GameStops, received a total of 420 copies of Devil's Third for the entire nation. There are thousands of GameStop stores, I believe, and they have 420 copies to spread amongst them. It was so bad that some GameStop stores were selling them inside those, like, saran wraps you put rare comic books in. Like, they put the game in it, sealed it, and then sold it at MSRP. And they could go on eBay, like, that, you know, mid-December or so. You would go on eBay, and you would see these games going for $200, $300, because, like, they were so hard to get probably the rarest game Nintendo's ever put out. 
<laughs> so I mean, they, uh, Tenchu Dark Secrets on the DS was another one that was impossible. So to because of but so they put out so, just to so say guess, they put it out. So I guess if it was out for pre-order, you, if you if if it was for pre-order, you got one. I think what happened is GameStop was sent just enough for pre-order. So they had four to twenty pre-orders, oh maybe. So I almost want to buy it just because, like, it's a rare game. Like, it's never. Been... I've never seen it anywhere. Exactly. Me shop, neither. So. Me neither. So. Um, fun. And to be fair, to be fair to Devil's Third, not only was it sent to die, but these numbers I'm talking oh, about. I'm gonna check how much it's on eBay right now. Sure. All these numbers at Devil's Third and Xenoblade that we're talking about are strictly physical sales. MP does not track eShop numbers. So for all we know, Devil's Third sold another 50,000 million copies on the eShop. But I kind of doubt that. So um, while you look that up, I'll keep going through. So, um, Looks like it's down to 90 bucks. Still, that's $30 more than it should be. Arguably, it's like $70 more than it should be. Am I right? High five someone who also hasn't played it like me? Nope, no one? Okay. But um, yeah, we did also, what I was going to say is we did also get a look at how some of the November holdovers did. Uh, this holiday season, so it's selling for like seventy though. Like uh, so much people are asking for it, but the actual sold or so the buzz has died down. Yeah. What little buzz there was. Ooh, died one down. person bought it for ninety recently though. Uh, I feel sorry for that person. Yeah, I shouldn't bash the game too hard. I haven't played it. Maybe it's half decent, but it was definitely sent to die. But yeah, what I started to say is I saw one glowing review about it. Ironic review or real? No, it was it was, it was serious. Oh, hmm. okay. It, it seemed fair. Like it wasn't really. It was saying like, oh, okay, like sure, you could nitpick some stuff about the graphics, but that the game is just like it's just fun at its core. It's just fun. Like the mechanics, like are all tight. Everything is just fun right. about it. It's just a fun game. I kind of want to try it if I can find it cheap, yeah. which will never happen because like, they don't exist. At the end of the game, at the end of the day, isn't that all that matters? It is. Games are meant to be fun. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, I was gonna say that there are some. Uh, we got first look at some November holdovers of Nintendo releases that we didn't know how they did. Like, if you recall, um, we had no clue how Yokai watched it in November, and I was saying, I wonder if Nintendo's quietness meant it didn't do well. Well, now we know how it did. You're right. For both holiday... No, actually, for sort of. For both holiday months, so November, December, leak numbers said it sold 195,000 copies. That's not the instant phenomenon that I'm sure Level 5 and Nintendo wanted, but it is a respectable number, and it is kind of going to be a slow burn that I suspect will continue to grow with new merchandise and that TV show. That watch is show. huge. That watch is obnoxiously big. <laughs> but it's a kid's toy. It's meant to be like, look at this, look at me. Yeah, but I'm Mr. The Om- yeah, not even the Omnitrix from Ben Ten was that. Well, actually, maybe it was, but still. I I think it's big on purpose, but yeah, it's that. I mean, crazy. I, I can't say it looks cool, but when I saw it like in person today or yesterday, I was I was definitely like like I don't know, put back a little. Like, yeah, it's, it's it's massive. I had to stand back because it just took up that much space. Like <laughs> it, it was clogging the aisle. You can't get through to the other toys. Yeah. But it, um, yeah, I mean, because I think the momentum actually there, because now they're advertising that thing on TV. Nintendo's put out more commercials for Yokai Watch, and to kind of prove that point, so it sold it's seventy. That it's on Disney X. It doesn't help that's on Disney XD, yeah, but yeah. it sold seventy. But then again, yeah, is there even a Channel Five has something called, out here? Yeah, I think they have something called the Vortex. I think that's like the only public thing that's only out here transmitting from that's it? only out here because i mean before like i mean there was kids wb there was some um, fox box saturday morning cartoons I mean, like, are dead if you like, that's it. so like unless you have cable or something that's like the only way yes but know. if you have cable there's a little channel called cartoon network there's a little channel called nickelodeon and both of those little channels are definitely significantly larger than disney xd disney xd is like extended cable cartoon network and nick are both basic cable. oh yeah that's so like yeah. not only do you have to have cable but yeah like super cable 
And in the cord cutting generation that we're all part of, fewer people have cable, so their kids are not seeing Yo-Kai Watch. But some kids definitely are, because the sales are already swinging upward. It sold 71000 in November, which is not that exciting. But then it managed to move to that total of 195000 at the end of Dece- December, which means it more than doubled its sales pretty easily. So, um, so it's, it's, the momentum's there. Um, games that don't have momentum, however, are Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival and Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, which continue to kind of perform it's poorly. No yeah, I know. So, oh, I thought they were going to do, like, so, really yeah, so Amiibo Festival, you know what the giveaway that Amiibo Festival I mean, like, bombed was? I mean, I mean, you, they put so much effort in that, I thought it would be reflected <laughs> in the sales. Yeah, you'd think they'd be rewarded for all that effort. Well, you could say they are. Uh, but... I knew Amiibo Festival's numbers were going to be low when I saw just the other day that Amazon's now selling it for over half off, only, what, eight weeks after it came out? But yeah, Amiibo Festival um, managed to sell, apparently, 63,000 units. Not that great. Mario Tennis Ultra Smash barely did any better selling 67,000 units since launch. These are all numbers from launch till uh, end of December. To give you an idea, uh, those are still both, unfortunately, better than... Chibi Robo. Chibi Robo Ziplash from November, from October, from when it came out up until the end of December, only moved 57,000, oh, which is a real Chibi bummer because I really like Chibi Robo. But, Oop. what? wait, one, Let's one. Get the miniature casket out. What? Yeah, seriously. One little nice thing that Chibi has in his favor, he still managed little to out. Little nice thing? Yes, he still managed to outsell Codename Steam by 2,000 units. In the times his Codename Steam came out in March. Until. Those small victories, right? I guess. By the time Codename Steam came out in March, until end of December, it has sold only 55,000 copies. Which is really a bummer, because it's a fun game. Man, that game ran out like, of Steam pretty fast. It never, yeah. <laughs> it never it, had it, any? It never had any, I don't think. Because I do like it, but it just never resonated, I guess. Which is a real bummer, because it is a fun game, and once they did the patch, I've talked about it before, but once they did the patch, it's, it's really good. Like People can go buy it. Even without the patch. It was 14 bucks on Amazon the other week, and like I wanted to tweet, everyone go buy this, but then it sold out. Which I guess is a good sign. Um, on the flip side, not all of Nintendo's games this year did poorly. Uh, their other fall and holiday releases actually held their own. So, Yoshi's Boy World has sold just shy of half a million copies already. Um, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon managed to sell 373,000. Zelda Triforce Heroes managed to sell a respectable 312,000. Even Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, a spin-off all about interior design, managed to move 270,000 units on, on those merits alone. So things are happening. Nintendo's still making money. Majora's Mask 3D so is now up to just shy of a million copies sold. And again, these are all only physical retail sales, not eShop. So if you add an eShop, I'm sure like Majora's Mask is higher. Happy Home Designer is definitely higher because I don't believe that Happy Home Designer number includes the bundle either, the mm-hmm. 3DS bundle. So, so yeah, it's just kind of a taste of what the sales landscape is for Nintendo back in 2015. I think it pretty well represents how Nintendo had a good but not great lineup last year like what worked worked well what didn't work didn't perform well as a result um what's interesting to me though is if you look at the and i think what i guess best personifies this is if you look at the top 10 best-selling games in december this past december um it's really a who's who of typical releases you got call of duty black ops 3 at number one you got star wars battlefront number two fallout 4 at number three man 16 at number four etc etc but what's what, like, what I find interesting and kind of shows how Nintendo's year was in a nutshell, there was z- there were zero games on the top ten that have a physical release for a Nintendo system. In other words, to reiterate, um, if you look at the top ten, there is no game that you can go 
see it on the list, walk to Best Buy, and pick it off the shelf for a Nintendo system at all. The closest was Minecraft, which is available as an eShop download, but if you're a parent that doesn't know that's on the eShop, and you're like, I'm going to get Minecraft for my kid, and you walk into Best Buy, there is no Minecraft you get for your kid on Wii U. This is the first time that I did some intense digging. Like, I spent, like, a long time going through archived NPD charts. Two hours. Old store. Yeah, they're actually, like, 90 minutes. But, yeah, close enough. But I went through, like, old news stores, arch- uh, archives, and this is the first time since at least the year 2000 that Nintendo has not had any physical release on one of their systems make it into the top 10 of a December sales chart. So, this century... This is the first time this century that Nintendo did not have a game... On, or did not have a top, top, top 10 selling game during the busiest shopping month of the year. And to be clear, if you I don't mean, realize that this is a big deal. Well, it's not. just say it twice. Like, I had to say it twice. Well, I just thought it's not, it's not necessarily a big deal. It's just crazy to me. Like, it's. <laughs> the reason I say it's not necessarily a big deal is that the Wii U still has second best sales month ever. So if you're competing against the multi million Call of Duty, the multi million Fallout, yada, yada, sure, that makes sense if you have Mario Tennis Ultra Smash. But and you can co- combine all those lesser sales to be something. But this is—it's just crazy to me that not a third-party game, not first-party game, nothing that you could walk into a store and buy from Nintendo could actually did a- was on that chart. Not even Just Dance or anything like that. Like nothing. It was weird. Um, it's possible. It goes further back than 2000. The archives that I like the googling stopped at 2000. I can't find 1999 MPD numbers. I can only find 2000 and up. And even that required me to do some manual math. Like, because MPD apparently used to release their charts not as a top 10 overall, but by system. So I had to sit there and, like, configure my own top 10. So, yeah. The the moral of the story is, um, yes, Nintendo, we need the NX this year, please. Thank you. Okay, bye. Like, that's it. The takeaway is, like, now it's abundantly clear it's time for the NX, because nothing, nothing's charting. Again, it doesn't mean nothing's selling. It doesn't mean Nintendo's not making money. There's just nothing on that list, which is kind of surprising. So that pretty much does it for news. Um, on that note, bring us the NX at Nintendo. Make 2016 the year of the NX. Yeah, I brought it all together. The year's coming. The year's taking shape, and the NX will be the thing that... Yeah. You can hope. Yep. Can hope. And speaking of shapes, let's talk about what, what we're playing. I've been playing Box Boy. You've been playing, and I've been playing, Picto Party. Yep, um, with a bunch of different people. Yeah. Not so, sure. which should we talk about first? Um, I guess I'm gonna pick the party pretty fast. Okay, and then I'll do Box Boy to round out the show. Alright, so I was searching for a long time for the perfect. Deeper meaning in life. The perfect way to play Pictionary, because Pictionary is fun. I have the physical board game of it, and it actually does have a bunch of other rules, but yeah, you know, the math, first world problems, all that stuff. All that wasted paper, all those trees. And then what if we want to play with more than the recommended number of people? Um,. It just wasn't possible. And then Game & Wario came along and it had a mode in it called Sketch, which supported up to five people. It was good. It it um, supported a lot of things that we wanted, but it only allowed for five people. Um, we were only really stuck with the default rules. We couldn't tweak anything. And as far as I know, there wasn't an official Pictionary game at released on the Wii U. So nope. along comes Picto Party and it... It solves everything. Like it's, I don't know. It's, I really, really like it. If you're looking for, it gave it, him meaning in his life again. If you're looking for a Pictionary style game to play with a group of people, it's, it does the job really well. Like first, you could play with as many people as you want. You could save accounts on there, so you could take your picture just like in Sketch and just save it on there. 
Um, it has a bunch of different dictionaries that you could play with. One of the best things about it is that you could create your own dictionaries. So you Wait, have, what? I added I a did... bunch of words there. Oh, um, so, I never saw those when we played. So like, I had I had one called random, and I had words like Yoda, Mario. Oh, those and, are you. Okay, I get like you. a bunch of just random stuff. So and I could get real raunchy real fast. You can, and it but is. you have more dignity than that. I said I did, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so you have you can make your own dictionaries, which is like that alone is like a really really cool feature. You could mm-hmm. set the time for how long each round lasts. Um, it's it pretty much does everything right. The only thing which can be a good or bad thing how you see it. it there is no music in it whatsoever except on the Wii U startup so when it's loading up mm-hmm. but I mean at the same time if you're playing with a bunch of friends you may just want to have like random music in the background which I guess in a way like okay that's better whatever I mean it doesn't need music right right yeah. I mean people, people are going to be yelling stuff out so it's not like you're going to really have the volume that high anyway yeah but yeah it's not even like I honestly don't remember how much it costs but I think it costs like at most 14 bucks at least maybe 10 but that's not bad I mean I, I thought it was worth it especially with what it comes with and with what you can do with it so I mean if you get really creative you could be like I mean essentially what I plan to do very soon is um, create a I mean I we have different groups of friends come and play with us sometimes I have some yeah, completely different groups of friends so I'm gonna make a few dictionaries that I'm essentially have like a bunch of in jokes so like oh you're not gonna know like it's Hedwig specifically, unless I you're this group or a wrench man or something, which is just a, why are all the but, things but, about me? <laughs> a butchering of Jason's last name. So why why is it always about me? Because uh, uh, off the top of my head, and I'm like I facing know, you. So yeah, that would that, and you're talking to me about it, so that would make sense. Yeah. Um. So it seems like it's a type of game that's like your mileage will vary in terms of like if you're well, yeah. If, if you have if a you multiplayer, have, if you have a lot of friends over game. often, and you want. I mean, I don't know, Pictionary is just a fun game in general with a bunch of friends. And right. the fact that you could play with a bunch of people at once and it makes good use of the gamepad, I mean, there's no I mean, asymmetrical gameplay. Sorry, and what's not to love. So, I don't know. Pick the party. Just, I don't know. It's like a little gem. It's like one of those things that I would have overlooked if I wasn't actively looking for specifically right. that on the Wii U. It seems to really solidify that the Wii U is like a great a multiplayer system. Because like, maybe the gamepad, all it's things that Nintendo wanted to do it didn't quite pan out but the thing is a great multiplayer system and having the gamepad makes yeah, something so, like so this so kudos possible. to the developers for stepping up and just like making it happen on the Wii because yeah. I mean I feel like it's a no brainer and yet we've had the Wii U for almost four years yeah, five yeah. years and no one's done it yet so going on uh, yeah. we're at three and a half right now going on four wow we're three and a third or something this was its third holiday this past so we're going it's already on being replayed yeah we're, we're going on four yeah but yeah it's it's yeah, it is fun. As someone yeah. who has partaken in said festivities, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Control's fine. Nothing to complain about there. So It draws. Yeah, it draws. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't remember. Does it let you take a picture of yourself? Like, yeah. sketch does, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right, so I guess that's that's Picto Party. Um, yeah. I'll bring it home with Box Boy. I mean, there's not much to a game, but yeah. That's, that's, well, it, yeah. It, it's set out to do one goal, and it succeeds in doing it quite well, it sounds like. Can, and then think, concise, yeah. I think the fact that it lets you do custom dictionaries actually a big that's plus. A, that's, that's one of the standout yep. things about it, yeah, yeah. for sure. Definitely. Yep. And now to bring it home with Box Boy. So, um... Go, Jason! Much like you were saying that's kind of like a hidden gem, I feel more people know about, with uh, Picto Party, I feel like more <laughs> people know about Box Boy than Picto Party, but <laughs> I don't know how many have actually played it, and I'm just going to say, I really I think, regret um, waiting a whole year to Bash play this Center game. lets a lot of people know about Box Boy. Every time yeah. I like, switch, like, oh, I don't want these. I want my chat talks. And my oh, but you will want them after playing Box Boy, because it's a really fun game. It's, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a little game. It's, it's not anything crazy, but it's, I, 
I enjoyed it a lot. It's actually a good. It gives a good sense of like what Nintendo could ultimately do and design its mobile games. In that, like, it's kind of a bridge between like a typical Nintendo game and the kind of like quick, quick little puzzle level things of like a mobile game. Like this feels like it could work on an iPhone as well as it can on 3DS. It doesn't even have 3D. There's no stereoscopic 3D. Really? Yeah. So it could easily just be on the, an iPhone. But uh, the setup, for those who don't know, is you play as a box boy. And he's, um, he's literally just this tiny little box with feet, eyes, some kind of personality traits, like he dances, and your goal is to get to the end of each stage. That is all there is. There are five stages per world. There's somewhere around, I think, 20 worlds in total. And as you venture through, you'll meet a few other box people, and uh, you can unlock new costumes, you can unlock music you can play on demand, there's other things available in the game shop, and you get to buy these things in the game shop by collecting crowns, in each level, and the crowns turn into currency, etc., etc. But the levels themselves um, have all these different obstacles you need to overcome. So as you go from point A to point B, as you go from the start to the goal, you're going to have to do different things, and that's where Box Boy's box-forming ability comes into play. So at any time, you can make other boxes pop out of him in any direction by um, basically holding the control pad, or sorry, holding a bu- pressing a button and holding the control pad in the direction you want the box to appear. So you can make crazy S-shapes and other stuff, and... Um, the number of boxes varies from stage to stage, and how you use those boxes is really where the puzzle gameplay comes in. So, uh, like, you may need to form a bridge across a gap, so you just do a straight line of two or three boxes. You may need to have the boxes kind of wrap around your back like a shield, so you can walk under electric current going by. You may need to build an L out of them, so you can, like, reach a higher point or something. Like, there's a lot of different things, and, um, you know, you just press the button, hit the D-pad, and poof, there's the box, and poof, there's a second one, and a third, and whatever number. And the levels themselves are pretty short. They are pretty much to the point. Like I said, you go from point A to point B. Um, it's just, and then, you know, and then on to the next one. It's just that, depending on the puzzle, the time you spend in each level can vary. Some can take under a minute. Like, there's, it feels very smartphone-esque in that regard. Like, there are some levels I'm through in, like, 25, 30 seconds. Some take a little longer, so they're a bit more uh, challenging, but... The real thing that makes you want that you want to do in playing levels, and the game encourages this, is collect those crowns. The things I mentioned can unlock you stuff. Um, these crowns are in each level. They're either sometimes along your path, like out in a corner, hard to get to. And the goal is to try and get the crown in a certain number of box uses. Because each level will have a um, countdown number of how many boxes you have left before the crown disappears. So it's encouraging you to think somewhat strategically about, like, if I do this, I have enough boxes to do that, to the next thing to get the crown, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that, that's kind of like, I guess that's kind of the actual challenge in the game. But even then, the quota is extremely generous. I have not had an issue not meeting the quota. I have had no issue not meeting the quota. I've met it pretty much every time. It's really forgiving. And if you do screw up, you can restart from the last like successful box thing you did with a click of the like select button or something. If you want a game with unforgiving quotas, play any of the Mighty Switch Force games. Yes, this is literally the opposite of that in terms of quotas. But uh, perfect. But yeah, honestly, you know, honestly, that's actually kind of the problem with Box Boy is that it's very forgiving in so general. It's, a very it's casual not. Game, it's pretty you casual. Just relax, it's not, sit back, and yeah, you just kind of. I mean, the puzzle. The, the it's quite clever. Each world goes in tight. Goes in tight again. Each world, like it is quite clever. Thanks. But it's kind of casual. Each world, you're welcome. Each world introduces a new me- mechanic or obstacle that you have to learn to do or conquer. But they're not particularly hard. That's the thing is like, at least not that I've come across so far. And it's funny because the game offers a hint system. Like you can spend a 3DS play coin and get a hint. But I've never had to do that. 
You can go to Meverse. There's a Meverse button on the bottom of the screen at all times. You can press it and ask a question about the level. I haven't had to do that. Like, sure, there's a couple that have a few that I have to think and then have an aha moment. But you never really need to. And the thing is, like, each... When the game first came out, a lot of reviewers were saying it was kind of like a never-ending tutorial because each world has its own thing it teaches you. So, like, world one is build bridges with your boxes. World two is, like, look out for electricity or something like that. You know, it goes sort of along that line. And in the last stage of the world, kind of, was like, okay, you learned this mechanic in the first four stages. You now know how to build a successful bridge across a gap or over a spike. Here's a stage that puts a little more challenge in there for you. So it's the closest you have to, like, a boss fight. And then you go to the next world, and instead of doing what you did before, it's kind of like, oh, great, you know how to build bridges? All right, disregard that. Now it's all about, like, doing, like, L shapes and, like, avoiding electricity or something, or, like, how to dodge moving things or whatever it may be. So it's, like, very compartmentalized, where it's just like, it's, it is kind of like a never-ending tutorial, where it's like, you learn this, cool, now you learn this. Oh, you learn that, great, forget those other two, you learn this third thing now. It doesn't, the way, like, Pushmo or some other, or Mario games, where they, like, build on what you've learned, it's there a little, but not a lot. Like, you obviously aren't going to be good at figuring out how to, like, avoid electricity by putting, like, a box around you if you don't know that you can lay a box in front of you and behind you. So it does build on that, but the game itself is pretty yeah it's pretty much just like yeah, yeah you know how to do this great now learn this next thing and to be fair that does keep it feeling fresh you never get bored but it also feels like there are a lot of ideas that could have further fleshed out and just kind of left at the wayside to go teach you a new idea so that said there is an unlockable challenge mode it combines multiple mechanics in a way kind of like i was hoping it would do all along um and it does sort of feel like the culmination of like everything you've learned in these challenge levels there's not very many honestly um but it is really cool the ones that are there. It's kind of, you know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like, um, you know how Mario 3D Land, like the first, like, like the main game, the eight worlds, you just kind of go through and a lot of people are like, oh, this is a really easy Mario game. And then suddenly there's like a whole second thing that unlocks and it's a lot more like really putting your platforming to the test. It's sort of like that. The challenge mode just way smaller in the amount of crazy, of amount of stages you have, but they are kind of crazy. Like you do need to combine multiple things you learn from the 20 some odd worlds. It's just, I don't know why they had to put them in this little corner of the game that you have to unlock in the shop, supposed to, like, throughout. Mm -hmm. Like, what would have been kind of cool is, you know how, like, in WarioWare, or I guess Rhythm Heaven does this too, but there's, like, you do, you know, you learn, oh, tap A to do this, or let go of A at this time to do this, and you, learn, you play a set of mini-games like that, and that does the remix, where it combines two or three things you've learned, like a mega mix of mini-games. Mm -hmm. I wish every few worlds in Box Boy did that. Like, took one of the challenge levels and just plopped it in in between worlds. It's like, oh, cool, you've learned all this stuff, now do it for two levels. Okay, we'll teach you some more stuff now. I feel like the flow of that would have been a little better. But that's not to say Box Boy isn't fun. Like you said, it's pretty casual. Um, but it's a lot of, like... Uh, it's, like world. it's a lot of simplicity, and it is kind of like Warrior World. That's, you're playing it more to just play it for the sake of playing it, not to really be challenged. But there are some clever moments, there are some aha moments. Plus, the game proves that how Laboratories is really good at just being, like, super personality-driven with their game. Their games are very, like, adorable. <laughs> I mean, they don't have Kirby anymore. They don't have the little pink round guy. Now they have a little square guy who dances and can wear cool little costumes. Like, the crowns you get unlock all sorts of costumes. Like, there's a... Um, ninja? I I think there's a ninja, but... Well, I know there was a ninja. Yeah, there's a ninja. Around. There's a devil's <laughs> horns. There's um, a hip-hop star, which is just uh, QB. That's his name, QBDY wearing sunglasses and a backwards hat. Like they're they're kinda of funny. Um and they don't really do much except give you except give you the um 
you know, a different look. But it, it does add a little and it helps with the personality. Plus, I think the minimalistic thing works really well for it. Like, it um, even has these little, like, silent little cinematic scenes where you, like, meet the other box people. Like, there's a girl and there's a tall rectangle and you befriend them and do stuff. And they're really brief, but it adds charm. Is the game really in grayscale the whole time? It is in grayscale the whole time. And it works. I never once was like, I wish this was in color. It's quite nice. Now, the Box Boy sequel that just got announced or came out in Japan has some green elements in it. But the main one, the original, the one I'm talking about, is all grayscale. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, difficulty level aside, it's always interesting, it's always fresh. Every five stages, you're learning something new, and it's just really, it has great charm. So I would definitely recommend it. It's worth the five bucks easily, because it's, there is a lack of difficulty to layer on, but there's a lot of variety. You get a lot of variety. So I'd say it's definitely worth checking out if you have a 3DS. And it's been on sale a couple times, so you can probably get it pretty cheap, especially when uh, Box Boy 2 comes out, whenever they announce it. For America, so so yeah, that's my that's my couple minutes on Box Boy, mm. and that I think, unless you have anything else, actually does it for this episode of the Random Nintendo Podcast. Well, I do have to do my second thing I like about Bowser. Well, we'll get to oh, that's true, right? So for those who missed that last episode, in twenty <laughs> Angel's twenty sixteen New Year's resolution is to give us all the different ways he likes Bowser, one per episode all year long. So what is reason number two, good sir? Um, reason number two is I really love the battles against them. All the bad boss battles against them are always fun and unique in some way. That's a good one. Awesome. That's a good one. I mean, unless you kind of discount the... I mean, sure, like, a lot of the Super Mario Brothers side-scrolling ones all start with the same jump over him and hit the axe. Right. They even, they all kind of turn into, like, some sort of fun thing. Like, in, one, in Super Mario Brothers Wii, you're getting chased by Giant Bowser. Yeah. In Super Mario DS 2... You're fighting a giant Bowser in the background. He's just clawing at you from the back. Right. And in DS One, I believe it's just a super giant version of that classic fight. Yeah, it is. it is. I mean, it's always different. I mean, especially the Galaxy ones with the with always coaches running around the globe or being yeah, like, those are my favorite. Yeah, like Bowser Bowser battles are just very memorable, and I've, and they always stand out for me as more so than most other boss battles. Right. So, right. That's a good reason. Yeah. I was expecting something weird, but that's a good one. I guess it's going to get weird in the later half of the year. Yeah, so Phil Friday run out. his overall design and his boss battles. Yeah, yeah. Now, for those who don't know, because it's possible, uh, Angel's favorite character is Bowser. It's not like some weird like assignment where it's like, well, tell us why Bowser's a good boss. Like, that, that's well, yeah, where this is coming from. All-time favorite Nintendo character. Yeah. Since forever. Yep. So, so, yeah, stay tuned next episode for his third reason, as well as our impressions of Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. And whatever the latest news is, we're, of course, going to cover. Um, that episode is coming up on February 7th, a.k.a. Super Bowl Sunday. So, you know, you can watch your team either win or lose or watch some commercials or watch Coldplay. I like Coldplay. And then listen to us right after or listen to us while you're pre-gaming the Super Bowl because that makes total sense. But either way, yeah, we'll be back on Super Bowl Sunday with a new episode. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. We are actually wrapping up our month of January eShop game giveaways tomorrow that's the day after this podcast goes up which is monday the 20 something um this podcast goes up on sunday the 24th and the contest ends on monday the 25th but 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 uh we will do other stuff in the future so you want to follow us now to make sure you don't miss other things because you never know what we're gonna give away on the site and if you want or on the twitter and if you want to uh see what we individually think about anything game related i am JSR7 on Twitter. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. That's also his Miiverse handle. Friend to follow him there. Friend to follow me at Jason R. Subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already. And if you want to be 
probably a real champ, and really, we'd appreciate it, feel free, uh, leave us a review. <laughs> It'd be cool if because, you know, that helps spread the word a bit more. So, that pretty much does it. We'll be back in two weeks' time with some Paper Jam impressions and other things. And I'm just going to assume Angel's fading me out at this point. I'm just going to keep talking until I completely fade out. But knowing him, I'm still talking and there's not even background music right now. It's going to be really awkward if I'm still talking and still not. Please don't. Uh, I don't know.